0: You literally look like you're about to cry. I know you're happy to see me, hence your shorts, but are you okay? Yeah, I'm just happy to be here. I'm grateful for everybody. <laughs> Especially you, Joey, just for inviting so,
1: me on this freaking podcast again.
0: So you're just so grateful that and I you get, have a boner and your eyes are watering.
1: Why are you looking down there?
0: I always My look down My eyes are up here. Good. I Stop. always look down there. dude. <laughs> Joey, this is how we're going to start this? Don't think I won't look at your shorts that you made out of six, and pants. welcome to the Midwest Flyways <laughs> podcast. Thank you, Cal.
2: This cool. week we have another very special guest. As you guys know, last time we had a riot with him. Always do. Derek Helms. Thanks welcome. for being here, buddy. I am um, I feel very welcome. Thank you, Cal. Great. You really teed that one up. Yeah. Joy, I just Joy,
1: couldn't Joy let that like, shit go on yeah, any Joy longer. was stumbling and then it was like, here comes Cal with the one-two punch home run. But so, as a recurring guest, thankful to be here again. <laughs> joey he's got his knife out. a
0: scalpel. Yeah. Actually I need to no, dude, my I got a, shorts. Out. I got a fucking box cutter that's what I got. And if stri- you keep talking shit
1: I'm <laughs> going to introduce line you. Line me
2: up. Line me up.
0: Line my shorts up
1: since this you're looking boxy. down there.
2: Give me a lineup. <laughs> I cut these in a spur
1: of the moment. They were <coughs> What what did you cut?
2: My You cut your pants. My, were you too hot? You were yes. like it's too hot. I, I was like it's summer. Off. It's
1: what do they call it? Hot boy summer.
2: <laughs> yeah, hot boy summer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the people are saying. Yeah,
1: hot boy summer. So I just cut them off above the knee because you got to have the knees out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you, you did your grinder pants into shorts, mm-hmm. and then you also shaved your head. So I don't know if I'd call it hot boy summer
3: because <laughs> you look
0: because you look worse. No, I look great. No, I mean and, for those of you who I'm are watching
1: so... at home on the YouTube channel, and they're not. Joey and Cow are like we're not going <laughs> yeah. we're not setting up the camera
2: tonight. No, we can't have you on the camera, dude. True. I would go.
1: I would have taken my hat off for the camera. <laughs> No
2: <laughs> <laughs> that way everyone could have just looked at what it made time. you shave your head?
1: I've always spent way too much time looking at my head or worrying about my head. I have a huge head to begin with. It's which rude. head touche.
2: The uh dude. Joey's just Joey, into your bonk. fucking man Joey's bonk. <laughs> Big head or Every or time head Joey says
1: dude? something sexual, bonk him. Yeah, we Bad can bonk him.
0: You boobox.
1: Yeah, every we can time I say here. something sexual.
2: Yeah. Which one was it? Purple? That's the green one. The boo box. <laughs> no, I, no. That's so just Joey's- for the
1: fans. Honestly, uh, I've been listening to the podcast because I'm a listener as well. And I've been missing the boo box, so I was happy that I Yeah, we haven't really pulled it, it out. We haven't so pulled if the box, you like though. the boo box, too, and you're listening at home, thank me in the comments below. Yeah, Joey's in the boo box within right two
2: minutes. Just helping the YouTube. Oh God. This hey. is not going on YouTube, guy. Hey, I will say. Before this gets going too far, could you please leave us a rating? Yeah,
1: yeah. Derek, I have mean, you left us a rating? Okay. Fucking go, go ahead. ahead. Have you, Derek? Tell the people, because I'm one of the people, tell the people, tell me how to rate on Spotify okay, when i if, if you're
2: that if you're that dumb, here's how you do it. You go to the reviews and ratings, then you click the five stars. From your phone? I was trying to do that today. On your phone.
0: So if you can't figure out how to rate it on uh, Spotify... Let me just tell you what I did. I googled how to rate a podcast on Spotify, and it was really simple. Now, do I remember it? No. Is okay, it, so is google it even it. easier. Fair. I'll google it. I'll google yeah, it. Google it. You know, how many how many reviews we got, Cal? Let me look.
2: I'm looking right now. Ooh, oh, we got a bad review. What did it say? I don't know. It doesn't doesn't say we got a. It doesn't show the bad review. It just shows. That we got. Oh no, we're not 5.0 beats. anymore.
3: Yikes. <gasps> All right, time mm. to 4. get it 9. up people. This is
2: bullshit. Get it back up. We have a Public 295 ratings. I
1: have an urgent announcement. Give me 295 this podcast ratings. a five star rating.
2: Is it is it hard? <laughs> is it hard to rate it? <laughs> Apparently, somebody gave I'm us a one star. It. I'm going to have
1: to go- Who would take the time to put competitor. one star? Someone had yeah, to. It was a competitor,
2: dude. It had to be. I don't believe it. It's probably cuz in our last podcast we called some people out. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they got mad. If you haven't listened to that, actually, don't listen to it. You know what? Don't care. <coughs> <coughs> whatever, dude. I, don't I listen care. to it. It was a
0: good. It was a good ep. I'm just gonna keep holding my box cutter the whole time. Whatever, dude. That's on the table. But okay. anyway, anyway, okay. off of ratings, whatever. Just go, go ahead and do it. And uh, thank you all for listening. And if you don't, if you don't want boo box, if you don't ratings, boo box. <laughs> 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 all right, thank you.
2: Derek, where have you been lately? Have you uh, been in Dallas?
3: Uh,
1: I left Dallas. I left Dallas uh, after the Bassmaster Classic, which was really sweet. I've never seen so many people so stoked about fishing. <laughs> so if you're a fisherman who likes a Bassmaster Classic,
2: this segment is for you. This is Talking Fishing. It'll be really short because otherwise you'll be in We're, the boot box. Yeah, I'll be in the boot I'll make it quick.
1: <laughs> people wake up too early. They drive their boats way too fast, way close, way closer than they should to one another. Okay. But the thing that I thought was cool is like, if, if I was a fan of a fisherman, I could bring my boat out and like drink beer and watch that fisherman. Like
3: oh, catch really? Face.
1: So they would have like one fisherman would have like 50 boats behind him. Like if you're Kyle Van Dam or whatever, yeah. you have like 100 boats that follow you around That's on some insane. lakes. And like your home lakes, it's even more. And they just are like cheering from like the 18th hole, like, oh, great hook set. Great hook set. Are you using a t- No or a way. Jig? And then. Yeah, Are and it was, yeah, it was free to get into the arena where they do the weigh-ins too. And it was at like this Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. And the it actually got pretty filled by like the third day. The first day, I'll be honest, was not a lot of people, but they yeah. still they still brought the noise. And um I was still like brought the noise. walking like around, humming around, jumping around, meeting a bunch of different people, getting yelled at by the officials because they're like, media, you stepped in front of that vehicle. And I was like, No, I was he stopped and then I walked. So there was a the difference there. But uh <laughs> the that was a really cool event. I've never really done anything like that. It was a sweet event. And then uh, left Dallas after that went to South Dakota to uh, film a project basically in the Huron era in the Prairie Pothole region. Mm. Um, it's a pretty sweet project. I, uh, we're done filming it, and now it's time to p- piece it all together. But the like short premise is for the duck hunters out there, the Prairie Pothole region is a huge and important section of The continent for waterfowl, two-thirds of, like, the waterfowl that are bred in the U.S. are bred in the Prairie Pothole region. And, yeah. So, if you hunt Louisiana or you hunt in Arkansas, like, your birds are coming up here and they're getting it. Right. And they're making nests. And it's already really hard to make a nest. So, if we can protect the Prairie Pothole region, that's kind of the whole goal. So, it's like a Ducks Unlimited uh, South Dakota chapter uh is like putting a big focus on soil health and managing lands for more duck breeding success and more habitat so yeah it, it's pretty cool it's that a, is very cool
2: it's a big deal Soil. Health jo- i think joey's bored though because he's on his phone i no. remember
1: when i when i drove three hours from south dakota after getting fireworks to like come to this podcast and yeah. basically just hang i just wanted to hang out with joey and see cows beautiful smile and his freaking beard is just great every time i see your beard it's more well kept oh thanks man and i just look like yours is pretty
2: well kept actually right now it's mild, and mild and mannered, mild and mannered. Yeah. The the mustache, on the other hand, not so mild and mannered. No, I can't eat ice cream on a cone. It's one of the sacrifices <laughs> I make. That's pretty much it. I still do, but it's just, just an ice cream bowl guy now.
1: Yeah. How do the women like it, though? Well, his they is not. They're a big not, fan. They big fan. They're, they're either are or they aren't. It's one or the
0: other. No, yeah, it's pretty. Po- it's
1: a very polarizing I thing. Feel that, like, yeah. and I feel like Either the ones be- that
0: are about it are not the ones that you want to be about it. <laughs> you know, just hey. by guy, just by how bushy it is. No, I mean it's for the ladies who are listening.
1: If you're single, so am
0: I. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> Fucking Shameless classic cop out. Unbelievable! <laughs> oh my god, you selling your body these days or what?
1: No, no. I'm just selling my time. I'm Just your about videography. A dating app. <laughs> I think we just all start doing the dating app now. So, mm. is that something that...
0: Cal you know, Cal's never been on a dating, dating app.
1: No. I've never been on a dating app either. Joey? Oh, I
0: definitely have.
1: Okay.
2: Crushed yeah. it. Crushed it. Yeah, classic.
1: I heard that Hinge's um, slogan is the app you only download once. And I was like, whoever thought of that at the company got a huge raise. Oh, yeah. Well,
2: the the whole thing was the app that's meant to be deleted. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. The only I app that's meant to that. be deleted. Um. Actually, the only reason I know that is because I listened to a How I Built This podcast. Okay. Have you ever listened to that podcast? No. It's unreal. It's by, uh, it's with Guy Raz and he interviews like people that have started like multi-billion dollar companies and then they talk about like building that company up and Hinge was on there, so. All right. Moving on now. Joey, so glad Joey, you could plug another podcast. Hey Joey, podcast. here's the thing, Joey. Do you, you don't want to learn about anything? That's fine. You know, if you don't want to grow your brain and get more knowledge, that's fine. Hey, no, I do that. No. I just don't talk about it on our podcast. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, hey,
1: here's. I had this revelation today. It's a lot more work to know things, so you might as well just think them. So Get out I out try of not dude. to know things. Get out if of here, If I know them, then I spend too much
2: time on it. I'd rather just think about it. Thinking's way more fun than knowing. Hey, and Derek, you have to leave now. That's the worst advice I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to not know. It is.
1: Obviously. Then you could just think everything, you, everything that you could prove,
2: you could just think about. But I think well.
0: we can prove that you shouldn't think or say anything. Yeah.
2: I don't know anything, so I'll try not to think about <laughs> it too long. Okay. We don't actually have to prove it. He actually <clears throat> proved it himself. He's proving it himself. Okay. So it's fine. Here, here's something.
0: Derek,
3: you're
2: a
0: videographer, photographer, and you're freelancing, or what are you doing right now? No, I work for a marketing agency <laughs> called Greyloon. And uh, and we talked about this last time. You did stuff for Benelli up in Alaska and all this really cool stuff that I'm big fan of. Joey is a big fan of, of Derek. Me. He's just a big, big fan of Derek. Dirk.
2: but Big fan of
0: Dirk. Dirk, uh, Dirk of bud.
2: Dirk. Dirk, but, uh, Dirk. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> curl uh curl curl got the decoys. <laughs> curl
1: <laughs> Carl blew his femur out i think he, oh, he, he bummed his knee real good something like that god damn it carl carl's so carls, got... carl's on crutches but Carl, you can still scout carl has got the crutches we can still scout <laughs> you can still scout if you're just driving with the crutch anyway um yeah we talked about this last time i we've done some really cool stuff with benelli um that was a good trip up in adac and uh that was just like a first time first experience first three months with the company got to do something really cool and put together some pieces online. that were like the behind the scenes of how Sigmanna produced the Donnie Vincent film. But, um, since then I've worked on some other things. Give
0: I kind of, me the recent ones besides the Bassmaster. Oh, there's
1: a uh, Stoger YouTube series that we made with, uh, Ricky Nicholas and Isaac Neal, uh, in, the, in like the Gulf coast of Louisiana, like never hunted in the, in the Gulf before or been like on the ocean and hunted ducks, but we yeah. pretty much just drove, this gator tail boat for like nine miles and then parked it out in the middle of the ocean in the tide and it was like four feet and just put uh like palmaro sticks around the boat and hunted from like the boat blind you made with sticks excuse me i have to i have a bush to talk about let's be burping uh the video series was just about uh ricky and isaac hunting and Ricky's from that area. He grew up in that area, so he was comfortable. And Isaac's from like Missouri and is a photographer himself and is an ambassador for Stoger. And so Ricky and Isaac were both ambassadors for Stoger. And that's why we made this like three part series about him. It was a pretty, it was a good trip. They're really, that's awesome. really awesome guys. Like Ricky's an awesome stand up hunter himself. He can call and he and he knows where to go. Um, except for on that trip, we just had like really bad, really bad hunting. Really bad hunting. Yeah. Because um, Louisiana has bad hunting. It just together, had bad right? hunting, anyways. But it was a cool. It was a cool experience down the left. Uh, Ricky cooked for us, cooked us like gumbo and all this other southern Cajun southern food. Shit. That, yeah, I was like, this is amazing. Oh, and yeah. Isaac is a really interesting creative himself and hilarious to like hang out with in duck hunt. Like, you know the guy when, the, when you're setting up a decoy spread or you're loading the boat and somebody asks the dumb question, he asks that dumb question, but as a joke. And it's like, you know that he knows, but everyone just looks at him. 'Cause you like respect that he's just talked and then he makes that joke and you laugh. I don't know. It's just a good guy to have yeah. in your crew. And he's That's got awesome big gauges in his ears and just like does what he wants. He's a good dad and then like owns a coffee shop too. So he made coffee for us and oh. he lives uh like in Missouri, kinda over by uh St. Louis. But yeah, that was like the last project I worked on with them. What about Ducks Unlimited? The Ducks Unlimited project was the most recent one. Um just finished that up, filmed for a whole week. Uh obviously like this whole northern side of the United States is really dry. And they were trying to show um, different ways to, like, put soil health back into the soil, basically. Like, some rye grass or cover crops, but it's hard to show. You're trying to show something that's, like,
0: supposed to be, like, really successful and huge, but it's in the middle of a drought. Right, right. But it's they're mostly doing moist soil management, right? No, no, like ag field stuff. Really? Yeah. And so what are they trying to accomplish with ag fields is it just food or is it because it's for breeding purposes right yes so is it for cover from predators while they're nesting or what it's it's a mixture of both it's
1: basically helping private landowners instead of like turning it into just crep where it's like you yeah. are just gonna lock this into what it is and
0: and why don't you explain what crep land is for oh, everyone crap, listening crap crap
1: i don't know too much about that crap my brother-in-law knows a lot about this stuff uh
0: and just he would, give us a summation
1: basically CREP is just like crp land that Minnesota does contracts with farmers and it's like hey this stuff this part of your land that can usually flood or is volatile and doesn't produce very good yield would you like to turn it over to Krepland land and it'll make habitat for songbirds and little mice and bird and butterflies and fucking other shit whatever yeah yeah and then the farmer toads. gets a subsidy You toads you gotta get the toads <laughs> we got lots of toads in our field the best thing about our field is when you hear them spring peepers start chirping <laughs> <up>. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. But so instead of you, you don't have to do that. If you're like a farmer who has just corn and soybeans,
3: <laughs> you're the spring you're spring papers.
1: papers. I got a story about that. Okay. Too. Another conservation story about spring papers, but uh <laughs> oh also God. there's this guy in my neighborhood. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, let's go. Spring paper. Oh, uh, fuck. No, but
1: so they're uh basically it, the crep is like, you can just make this better for, it's not going to help you with your yield, but it'll make good cropland. I mean, it'll make the soil better and we'll pay you like hundreds of thousands of dollars over a, over a year period, like a 10 year, 20 or 50 year contract. You should definitely have somebody smarter about this on the podcast.
3: Yeah. than me. <laughs> <Derek's> <laughs> I like, didn't I,
1: even graduate honestly, from college. I just said some
2: shit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, some shit just came out of my mouth. I'm not sure how real it is. Like Michael Scott. Like sometimes I just start talking, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, you so, missed a hundred percent of the shots. You don't take anyway. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Exactly.
1: So the, this DU soil health, Principle like project is there's agronomists and there's biologists um who are liaisons basically to farmers who want to like make a change in their soil health or help um put more buffers between where they're putting corn or soybeans and religion. like wetland to like help filter all the phosphate and nit- nitrogen and all that other stuff that i might be mis- misnaming but all the bad stuff that can get in the water and affect like the f- water that is those small wetlands and yeah. like Uh, One of the biologists was saying that there's for one acre of wetland. Don't fuck this up. There's 10 (laughs) times more ducks than there is in a 10 acre wetland. So in the small one acre wetlands, there's 10 times and then what there is on a single 10 acre wetland. Okay. The small ones are the really important ones. And when those get all the spray on chemicals from cover crops, it can kill all the little things that the ducks feed on. They're losing that habitat. Right. So ducks unlimited, is doing this huge soil health initiative that's basically going to be cost sharing with producers that want to join. So it, they're doing like a cost share, and the funds that people who support Ducks Unlimited do help pay for these cost shares. So the goal is with these videos that we'll be able to get more, we'll recruit more money donations to thus fund more farmers helping ducks out, and to they're create, doing yeah, cool create thing. habitat. There's one producer who's doing like 60 inch corn, so. In between the corn, he would have corn and then like, I don't know, 12 inches over here, he'd have soybeans and soybeans put more nitrogen into the soil. And then that next year he moves that corn into where the soybeans was because it's good. Okay. And then even in between that he'll plant like rye or another cover crop. And that's just throwing more roots in the ground, pulling more stuff in the ground. And like, obviously like carbon, that e- like tiny plants pull that in. So the more roots that you have, the more bad stuff you can pull out and make the ground better. Yeah. So it's just like, And then they're doing cool things with like um, biomimicry basically is just like a fancy term for um, doing what the bison did, putting heavy grazing patterns on, of, of like bluegrass fields and and fields that have natural food for cattle to eat, but they'll put them on like 40 acres or put like 400 on 40 acres for five days and the cows will just mow the top six inches of whatever grass there is and then that grass panics and it's like we need more photosynthesis because we just got half eight but not two eight where they're gonna not be able to recoup and then it pulls more bad stuff into the ground it makes the food stronger for the cows next time and it's just like creative thinking that is made possible just by like scientific advancements like you don't have to till anymore you can basically inject seeds through what you planted last year and like in the past you had to till to get good yield and there's just cost sharing that ducks unlimited is doing is like really unique and it's crazy and it can be funded by hunters sounds
0: extremely scientific
1: yeah i learned a lot because i I just listened to all these smart people for like a week and i'm passionate about it because it's cool i used to hunt around like the brookings area which is very cash crop heavy and there's heavy tilling and like when i was out there this past year in the drought i saw so much topsoil in the ditch and i saw like there was like two days where i was out there where it was just like gray throughout the sky and topsoil blowing all over the place and it's i mean that's what happened in the dirty 30s everyone was like hey they're making money off ag up north in their fields let's try and make wheat and money down here and then they had like bad droughts and all the topsoil
0: blew away yeah well they didn't they didn't have anything protecting them from the winds and the winds down there dude are wild there were several days when i was guiding down in oklahoma where it was like 50 plus mile an hour winds really consistent uh, yeah the whole day it was nuts. It would be like fifteen in the morning, and then by like one in the afternoon, it's fifty, and That's it'd be so like crazy. that until sunset. It yeah. was, I mean, trust me when I say I don't clean my gun, period. And down there, you're on private land. You don't need to case your gun while you're riding around as long as it's not loaded. Well, even down there, it can be loaded. Loaded, yeah. But up here, it can't. And so I just kept my gun uncased and whatever. But down there is red dirt, and so. Third day of me guiding down there, we had two days of bad wind. Your gun was just red. Uh, no, well, it was red, but also it wouldn't fire more than once. Oh. And I was really? like, holy crap. And I took my gun apart, so much like dust and dirt was in my gun after three days. That's crazy. I didn't clean it all season in Minnesota, that twenty gauge. Yeah. And yeah, then I yeah. bring it down there, third day it's down there. It's like <laughs> <laughs> that was the straw that <laughs> broke the camel's back. Your For gun was real. like, You fucking asshole. Do
1: mm-hmm. You know they make lubricant for me yeah make a rod for me fuck you can clean me <laughs>
2: and clean then I said me. and i say no <laughs> no no it's we need more you. lemon pledge it's for you it's not for you it's for me no i stay i need lemon pledge, <laughs> <I> need <laughs> <more> lemon pledge. <laughs> right. that was great and that was talking family guy yeah it was but <laughs> well, anyway oh, um wait you had a story though
1: oh about the spring peepers yeah spring peepers so my grandma's a hippie, and she <laughs> always volunteered for, like, the DNR. <laughs> so there was, like, I don't know, I was probably, like, 10. And she she would come pick me up in her Toyota Corolla. And my grandma puts, like, evergreen clippings from trees on, like, the back side of her Corolla or an, on all of her cars. And it just, like, makes it smell like an evergreen tree in there. It's, like, mm. her. It's like, so she her car just looks, like, ridiculous pretty much. And she would play, like, <laughs> Elton John on the radio, and we would drive around and listen with a... With a sheet of paper for the DNR, and mark the different species of frogs that we heard in different ditches around, like Mapleton and Blue Earth. Oh, come oh on. my so god! So you would like be like, be like oh, there are some spring peepers in this ditch, and then you wouldn't drive DNR. <laughs> <out to laughs> no <the> way! <laughs> and my grandma would be like,
0: oh, you know, Derek, I can't, I just can't really
1: hear. Do you think you these are spring peepers, or I don't know, even fucking, <laughs> fucking remember the other ones, but yeah, that was like my volunteer for the DNR, and then we went to a, a Rasmussen Woods in Mankato, and. We were trying to help uh, find goose
0: nests.
1: Goose, I said goose. Like there was a goose nest. Goose nest. And oh uh, my lord, oh dude, lord. No, I, I, no. <laughs> I deserve that. Uh, and we were walking around, and my grandma's like, "Oh, I see one over here." So I walk over to her, and she's like, "Okay, Derek, can you count the eggs?" And this one goose is on the nest, and she's pissed (laughs) and she's turning her head around to like talk to somebody on the other side of the cattails and all of a sudden the other goose gets up and freaking just f-14 bombers me right over my head and it's like she they were both honking at me and i ran away like a (laughs) screaming child and then the goose that's when i got wind of the (laughs) box and that's when i got really mad at the geese Mm. that's when i was like i should just kill you because
0: you tried to kill me i should just shoot you you don't We've never talked about this on the podcast. Cal and I grew up on a lake, and uh, there was geese nesting everywhere. No spring peepers, though. No spring peepers. Uh, might have. They might have just been normal toads. <laughs>
2: yeah, just toads.
0: Just toads. <laughs> Lots of toads. Toad stools. Toad. Oh, no, we like toads, not them spring peepers. <laughs> so we were on this lake, right? And uh, there's nesting geese everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, everywhere. I mean, see how how long long we can we take these accents <coughs> in here. No, I'll keep it all day. We can keep it as long as we want. So there's these geese everywhere, and you know, I was scared of them because I was eight. And then one day, this goose like attacks me, and I'm I was I was scared of teeth. That's what I was scared of. Yeah scared of, and they really hang out on geese, so I could see how you were fair <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, we yeah. got too close to their nest or something. It was right <laughs> by the water. And, and then one day I realized that they can't really hurt you. So then, Cal and uh, I started. Uh, I've seen some people get pretty fucked
2: up by some geese. Yeah, well, they fell over first, and then uh, are their they own, their, their
1: own? sub bitch? Yeah, <laughs> I heard they broke a, a guy, a uh, wounded, broke a guy's nose
0: one time.
3: Hmm. Well, anyway, well, my uncle was buddy, I was eight yeah, and I eight. didn't
0: get hurt. So once I realized it, as this thing was like flapping me to death, I was like, Oh, I'm fine. That didn't <laughs> I was just like unnecessarily scared of it. Whole so then I started, lot of
2: bark, no <clears throat> bad.
0: So me being a young gun, I didn't realize that messing with them on their nest was a bad thing. And I would and I would throw rocks at them because they, <laughs> they pissed me off one time. You're a bad Did you guy. ever kill one by
1: your rock throw? No. Nah. My friend no, did I couldn't
0: that, throw for shit. Snapped his neck.
1: It was really kind of gruesome. That's bruising. fucked up, actually. It was like a park goose, and he was like, do you think I could hit it? And, of course, when you're like eight, you're like, yeah. He <laughs> threw it, and it broke its neck, and we had to bury it. His mom was pissed. Yeah, that's not, not ideal. Like that. It's not what you want. They can yeah. they can try and come after me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: underage. Yeah, seven
1: years.
2: Oh, they'll come. They'll come. Here, they come knocking. Put now. you right in the fucking boo box, dude. In the brink. Oh, God. Put you in the brink. <laughs> All right, what was your first...
1: I have a question for you guys. Yeah, what yeah. was your first um, thing you watched like die? Like what was the first thing you hunted that, or like your buddy hunted?
0: Squirrels. Squirrels? Yep. I honestly don't know. The first thing you pulled your trigger on? Squirrel. I That's- don't know. Dude, there's been a lot of coyotes, raccoons, squirrels, possum. <laughs> I didn't realize until about two years ago they're really good. Possums are but that's, um, joke, that's right? weird. I'd have to say no, that. No, they're really good. What that. do you eat on a possum? <clears throat> no, they're not good to eat. They're good. They're good for the <laughs> yeah, environment. Like what else? They I... eat 5,000 ticks on average. A oh year. yeah. Go for it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to kill a possum ever again, you know, cause I hate ticks.
1: Possum.
2: Yeah. Pothum. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> Pothum. Like, <laughs> why is that a food source for you? Like if you're hey, a possum, hey, like why would that's off? You don't, I mean, don't I'm People drink. They can't run
0: away, bud. But thanks. Yeah, I know
1: some old people drink hams. hams and yeah, like, thank you. Cause I don't need to. Yeah. I mean, it's, what I, it's like, the same why, with the, why do you, I don't know. Why do you eat ticks? I don't need to know.
0: Just thanks. I don't <laughs> just thank you for doing that. <laughs> but, That's um, so true. Totally lost my train of thought. Oh, oh, I don't know what the first thing that I killed was. I think it was probably
2: uh probably a rabbit, mm. probably a rabbit in the backyard. Probably web it with with like a webbit with a Pelican. No, it was probably at the cabin. I shot a squirrel when I was eight with a pell gun with my dad and my dad used to skin them and cook them and cook squirrels actually really good. I had Super it one good. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. It just tastes like chicken to be yes. honest. Yeah.
1: It's like a very delicate white meat. Yeah.
2: What, what's a better life than a squirrel in the right place? A human, I think. Yeah. What's we a, are. <laughs> what? That's pretty good.
1: What's a better life than a squirrel? Like what has a better life in the right place, in the right place. A Squirrel in the right place with no predation, like, is very comfortable in its in its element. <laughs> That's why people feed them out on campuses. Like they chill honest. hard.
2: That would <laughs> they chill hard. He said, squirrels do chill hard, they bro. Do. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. do you one better.
0: Do it. The raptor species. Okay. They have it pretty good.
1: All right. Okay. Here's my next question, uh,
0: Joey. If you could be any bird, what bird would you be? Dude, I'd I'd be a fucking eagle.
2: You have to be.
0: Okay, Cal. What about you? An eagle, that, and that's what I'm talking about—the raptor species, dude. Okay, so I'm talking what, what about if osprey, red-tail hawk.
2: Okay, let's eagle. say you can't
0: be a predatorial bird.
2: Now, what? what's your bird? Oh, you it, can't be a predator. No, I
1: like. No, I'm saying I like that you guys chose an eagle. Now, if you can't be a bird fly that kills another bird, like what bird would you be?
3: I hmm. like an eagle.
0: I
1: Probably
2: a woodpecker. Which one? That's a great question. What's the one with the uh black and white checkers on it and the big red Downey. top downy? Downy woodpecker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, you know, it'd be pretty badass to be able to just fucking chew holes in a tree with your fucking face.
0: So, imagine fun. your nose just
2: poking a hole through a
0: drywall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh fun fact for you guys. Do you okay. know why woodpeckers peck into people's homes? Why?
2: For warmth?
0: No, not for warmth. No,
2: I'll tell you why. It's because they used built right and no tie (laughs) back back in the day. (laughs) So there are a million bugs behind your siding. Carpenter speak. No, um, they do it
0: because there's water that gets behind the wood and they can sense that there's bugs in the wood and they try to eat the bugs. Yeah. So it's not the fact that there's no house wrap.
2: But there is isn't. Tom
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shaming. Now he's just shaming everybody. So whenever anyone is like, hey, I need my... These woodpecker holes fixed, first of all, do you think I'm a handyman? No. Second of all, (laughs) you have a bigger problem. You're going to have me fix these holes 100 times over before you actually fix the root cause. People are like, I don't want to put wood on my home because woodpeckers get into it. No. You had a bad installer the first time you had wood. Now you need a good installer. Then the woodpeckers won't care because they won't sense that it's wet and soggy. Then there's larva in there from them bugs. There you go. Ain't no spring papers in there, though. Ain't, Ain't that's no talking spring papers. And that's talking peckers with
1: Joey. <laughs> talking peckers. Dude, that's a new segment.
0: Talking peckers Talkin with Joey. Talking peckers, dude. We were talking about
2: Derek earlier in the podcast, and now we're talking about woodpeckers. Yep. Two different sources Excuse of pecker. Me. Excuse me. What about you, Derek? <clears throat> what non-predatory bird would you be? People at home are like skipping 30 seconds, 30 seconds. No, ahead. this is the most second. important conversation, because now I'm going to ask you, the listener.
1: Tell me. What's... What's the bird you want to be? Shut the fuck up. I'll leave 10 seconds. We get zero fucking comments. (laughs) Yeah. No, just tell it to yourself. um, Like, look in the mirror this morning as you're listening to this and work and just be like, oh, I guess I would be a...
2: People just join back in after 30 seconds.
1: Barn swallow. Still fucking going on. I'd be a barn swallow. Barn swallows can't get picked off. I've never hit one with my car. They just, like, open their (laughs) mouths and just mash bugs. (laughs) You didn't see Derek, but he's got his mouth. Basically, ate the mic. And I think they're badass, and they always hang out under bridges with their homies. Like, they always go under the bridge, and it's <laughs> Let's go fuck those bugs up. And they just <laughs> drop down like fighter jets. So, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty fun bird for they, Yeah, like barn barnswall. And they, like, change colors. They're blue, and then they turn green by the end of summer. Oh, my God. What was the first thing you ever shot? A wood duck. Really? Yeah. I shot a wood duck on, yeah, I shot a wood duck, and then I shot a squirrel the same day.
0: Squirrels above me. That's some Mankato shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was, oh, yeah,
1: I was in Butternut, Minnesota, which is a town. that's Okay, just, that's wild. Sure, who tooted?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't toot. Do you smell it? it <laughs> no, I thought dirt. I heard something over there. Was, <laughs> no, mics are so good to pick everything out. Oh, like I didn't god. toot. I, I would never toot on the podcast. Who's the first guy who tooted on the podcast? Me,
3: definitely Joey. <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure. No, I'm a tooting machine. Dude. Oh, oh yeah. my god, dude! All right, what tootin are you most tootin'. excited about that you got coming up? Like, what do you got in the pipeline? And you're like, that's going to be sick. Uh,
1: the 4th of July. 4th of July. Oh, I yeah. about. <laughs> what, uh, what,
2: what's the whole thing with these fireworks, dude? Okay. So, so Derek, Derek texted me today
0: or he called me today. He's like, hey, are we getting together at two. And I said, no, it's a Wednesday.
3: And he no, goes, well, I invited, well, what, what, I
1: invited what? Joey to go shoot at a private range with my father. That's true. Who's an insanely talented firearms instructor. And I was like, hey, do you want to go shoot? I don't know, Joey, you make your own schedule. You always call me like at random times. That's true. So, but just, that's how I that you I you at two o'clock would have been a good time. Yeah, it's like two o'clock as lunch. Because he doesn't usually work. Yes, Cal.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if only do you knew.
0: Listen, he okay.
1: He starts at two. <laughs> He's got to sleep in. Exactly. I've seen Joey Snapchat me very late from the far past when the chicken crows.
0: All right, chicken <laughs> crows. All right, guys. So, Anyways, I called Joey. He calls me and he goes, hey, man, we meeting up at 2. And I go, no. He goes, well, what time do you want to meet up? I was like, well, Cal and I both work. So later in the evening. And he goes, okay, well, I'm just trying to figure out if I should drive to South Dakota right now or later. You know, why are you driving to South Dakota? Well, I got to pick up a shitload of fireworks, like $1,500 worth, so that I can 4th of July out in Illinois at my grandpa's cabin. I was like, go now. He was like, okay, I got to go and then you literally drove. Where in South Dakota did you go? In between
1: Brookings and Sioux Falls, Coleman, South Dakota, Pyroholics, Craig. Is it off of 29? Yeah, it's right off 29. Uh, I used to serve this guy when I bartended all the freaking time. Well, no, I shouldn't say it like that. I served him a fair amount, and I and he would order a Coors Light, and his uh, wife would drink Mount, Diet Mountain Dew. So I'd crack Diet Mountain Dew, give him his Coors Light, and I always had him topped off on his drink when he needed it. And he was like, "Hey man, I'm working at the fireworks stand like three years ago," and I was, I "Does was he like, own it? No, he just works there." Okay. And he's like, "Okay, I got this uh, fireworks stand. If you want to come down, I can get you a good a good deal in the fireworks." I was like, "Okay, sounds good." I go to Illinois for my grandparents' uh, like Fourth of July celebration. Yeah, my grandpa's got like a six acre pond. We shoot a geese firework there. Fireworks stand. If you want to come, Joey's Joey's goes, literally Joey's literally got his phone right connected. Is he got his phone connected? Yeah. I had that crank dude. Okay. On the Bluetooth. <laughs> Anyways, so my grandpa's got this, he built like a six acre pond 20 years ago when I was a kid, dug it out and it's spring fed and he stocked it with bass and there's good fish in there and there's different little fingers out, of, out in, like into inlets and there's corn and soybeans around there. So my uncle built like a big blind and we always hunt geese there uh, over Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then we usually go there for 4th of July. So it's like three times a year where I see my grandma and my grandma yeah. and all of my mom's side of the family who live in that area. And he built the pond like four years ago. I started to uh, like bring the fireworks cause it was usually something they'd pick up in Missouri. My uncle sent me a check and was like, take this down there. And I took it down there and I filled like a whole cart full and then I took it out to my car and then Craig comes out with another cart full. And he's like, this will last you for about 45 minutes. <laughs> like, you know, it's just me and like 20 of my family members. And he was like, no, this will be great. Just, and he showed me like which ones to light first and which one was the finale. And it was yeah. awesome. And he, he was like, don't buy those. Those are junk. Buy these. So ever since then, I would go to the fireworks stand and get the good fireworks and put on a good show. And my grandpa loved it. Um, so this year, my grandma and grandpa's house had bed bugs. Because Ew. somebody brought in a, a sofa and the sofa had bed bugs in it. Ugh, so they had to deal with that. And then everyone was like, I don't know. I don't know if we should go. Because it's going to be a lot for grandma and papa. And I was like, listen, we got to have a good fireworks show. I will go to South Dakota. And I, call, I hadn't been there in two years to pick up fireworks from Craig. Okay. So I called the place. I was like, hey, is Craig there? And they're like, yeah, Craggy." And I'm like, all right, Craig, it's me. I'm coming tomorrow. He's like, sounds good. So I went and picked up the fireworks. He hooked it up again. And paid cash because straight cash, homie. That way, the government can't get their dirty little fingers on it. And straight cash, straight, I love it. Yeah, straight cash, homie. Love and it. We filled my my Jeep Renegade up, and <laughs> I had so many freaking looks from state troopers and cops that I passed because I had just my windows down. It was a nice drive, a nice evening, and every single seats just piled high with. Fireworks. Oh no, the seats are down, so it's just like mortar tubes sticking out the right window. <laughs> and like you see, like you see, like a like it says like
2: banner girl and it's just like some world war ii model girl they like got some guy with a shaved fucking head and a huge mustache flying by He's with like <laughs> a grenade launcher sticking out the window yes and and my car is covered in They're bugs like, nah, i don't like know I about watched that watched guy it. yeah but
1: your time that was my uh that was my that was my uh day the the run but it'll be worth it it's gonna be a so kick, everyone's kick going to your shows. grandpa's again. yes yes it'll be it'll gotcha. be a good time they dealt with the bed bugs then no yeah good bomb and does it i had bed bugs when i first uh got down to Stewart. Oh. the cabin the cabin I stayed in had them and then you like wake up with them in the morning and they're on you and then like I don't know 10 o'clock I didn't feel them anymore but they were gross yeah it was bad
0: You, so you actually
1: That's felt disgusting. them crawling on yeah you. like in the morning you'd be like oh you're kind of biting and like you could feel them and like oh. I had I had like bites on my ankles and then I was oh, like God. I think I have bed bugs but then it's a simple bomb. takes like eight hours. You just can't be in the house, and then you sleep in the same house. Isn't that crazy? That's Ew, crazy. You... Eight hours later, where everything dies, you can go to bed. I don't. That's weird. Oh, I don't yeah. trust like bombs like that chemicals, oh, but dude, it's better my, than the bugs. My uh,
2: coworker, he bombs his house every single year. <laughs> <laughs> the way his assurance
1: people the way hate him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so my neighbor, he bombs his stuff
1: every year. <laughs> He's always ordering stuff from. The the fuck, he has the so He
2: puts a fucking butt, like a bug bomb in his house, you know, and sets it off. And then they, they wait like eight hours. But then he said he goes in there with a vacuum, like a shop vac. And he said every corner and crack in the house, as you go around, like all the walls, all the closets, just dead bugs everywhere. Ew. Spiders inside listener
1: right now you should check your
2: shoulder it could be a spider <coughs> on it no ew. <laughs> ew dude that's so oh <laughs> yeah it's fucking gross but they're in every house that's the thing i mean like whether you like it or not they're in your fucking house scorpions anyway not here, not here but yeah anyway
0: guys what else this what's is so what's I, i'm
2: gonna fucking throw up so what's your weak
0: what's your weakest stomach thing that you just don't like talking about bugs Oh, talking about, I'm fine on
1: everything. So you went yeah, you long.
2: clearly aren't, though, because yeah, you just want to stop talking about. Well, I'm bugs. just, I'm bored about it.
0: So, what do you want to talk about um, next? What I was going to talk about is uh, I don't know if you guys saw our YouTube channel. I was down in Oklahoma for two weeks guiding at Stewart Ranch Outfitters, and Derek here is the one who got me the job by essentially saying, hire Joey. And then he's like, okay. And then he hired me, mistake. <laughs> yeah, um, great call. He drafted Joey first round. He did draft me first round and it's I had like a blast fucking boss in the pit. first couple of days. Derek was there and he just like showed me the ranch, like the fun side of the ranch, the non-working side. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a blast in that. And I continued to have fun the rest of the time I was there. And if you weren't there, I don't know. I, w- I don't want to say I wouldn't have had as much fun, but you definitely introduced me to. I don't even know how to say it, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You know,
1: no, it was a good time. I, you
3: I was just like, showed, I was me the you yeah. showed me the ropes. You show me the ropes. Here's where you do this.
1: And then here's where. He lives, and that's where you drive. That's where you shouldn't drive. And oh, this is where all the pigs run sometimes. You should pay mm-hmm. attention to this. And if you go look here over this pond, you can see all the stud widgeon in the afternoon. Maybe you shoot one for yourself, Joey. Who knows?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I never did shoot a stud widge for myself. You're just too hard uh, working. That was a, it was a hard-working guy down there. What's your favorite thing about guiding? Uh, getting people on birds for the first time. That's so generic. But, like, what's really fun about guiding is... Like, you've you've personally put all this time into, like, becoming better at killing the animal, you know? And then doing it for someone else is pretty cool. So, like, uh, there was a couple of first-timers that were there at Sewer Ranch, but a lot of them were repeat clients. Mm-hmm. And then they had, like, their younger sons there and stuff like that. So, like, watching... I like watching people's faces as birds are dumping into the decoys and just seeing their eyes light up like saucers. That's pretty fun for me. It's just, like... Like I don't really need to shoot birds anymore. Like, don't get me wrong, love it. You're good you know, at it too. but if I but if I stop shooting, you know, I would still be okay as long as as long as I was hunting with other people. You know, because I I hunt a lot by myself, and so that's when I know like okay, I'm on or I'm off, whatever. Like it's no one else is doing it but me. That's kind of the fun part for me. It's like it's all dependent on me. Um, but watching other people shoot it based on what I've done for them. And then, like, the appreciation after the fact. And, like, hey, man, you gave me, like, this experience of something that was so traditional to me growing up. Well, that's, like, the cool part Yeah, for me. It's, like, I get to, like, not pass it on, but just be like, hey, yeah, this is why I'm a freak. You know, <laughs> like, this is why I'm so obsessed with it. It's because of that flock right there.
1: Yes. And you're, you, you're setting up an assist for somebody. Like, you're just basically, like, laying up something. And then when they dunk it home or slap shot at it home, it's, like, a very... Like all, they came right where I wanted. Everything worked like I wanted, and then they shot good. And then you high five them, and I don't know. I think that's like what exactly what you're
0: saying. There's There's like a there's like a different bond after the fact. And Cal, you've never guided, have you? Hey, I'm not. Yeah, well, I mean, but you've taken some of your friends hunting.
2: Yeah, it's
1: It's essentially the same thing. Essentially guiding. Hey, if you take people out, I can. I don't think you have to say, I don't think, I don't know. It's just basically what you do. Sometimes you make money. Sometimes you don't, but you are guiding somebody through a waterfowl experience. So if you've taken your friends out, take pride in that. You've then guided I have, people.
2: I have guided. My and favorite thing guided. about guiding is not guiding. I think.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like when you take people fishing and they end up just fucking your fucking rods up <laughs> and you're like, I don't even
2: know why I invited people on my boat. Oh God. No, I, I actually do love taking people out. It's a lot of fun, but you definitely got to pick and choose those battles sometimes. What, like who you take out? Yeah, not only that, but like where you're going to take those people out and how you're going to hunt. and Give me an example. Example of what? Yeah, you look, you seem like you're thinking of one time in particular. No, I'm just thinking there's like different types of people. There's like people that like will hunt and grab geese and like, you know, whatever. They're not scared to do that. Then there's people like they're Luxury not. Luxury hunters. Yeah. Like they're not like really trying to like be a hunter. They just want to experience it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they're not the type of guy that's gonna go shoot a goose, grab it, whatever. Like they're there for you to grab the geese and like hang out and like see it because they want to know what it's about. But they're not gonna like do it on their own. Is okay. that said
1: said said same person shooting the geese or is he just like yeah shooting
2: there. the geese? So he's gonna shoot the geese but not pick them up. I mean like I'm just giving an okay, example on, of the type right. of person that so you might have. This
0: might be different from what you're saying, but like that gives me an anxiety when people and I experienced this at Fergus uh, with feet down. So you have 16 people banging in a pit. You have a flock of 100 geese that land right on your face. Mm. And everyone just shoots off three times and a shitload of geese fall. Then there are still geese around. And you know geese. Like you shoot into them. Sometimes they'll come back. They're still like, what in the hell just happened? I don't know what just happened. And then people are jumping out of the pit. Other people are loading their shotgun back up. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is happening right now? And it's just like death. Death. One I can just see other. a liability. Yeah. Or the other. That so I have no problem sending my dog, me going and getting him because then I'm I'm in control. <laughs> However, it's when everyone's like doing their own thing, they jump out of the pit with a loaded gun. They're gonna right. run and chase a crap. That's the shit that just scares me. So I'd rather have the luxury hunter. It's like, yes, peasant, go get my birds <laughs> I'll yeah. Sit here and not touch something uh, until oh. you tell me to. Oh, yeah. and yeah. dude,
1: it's um, just, uh.
2: excuse me, my good man. After I shoot this goose, would you please and go and get it for me, without oh. hesitation, sir. <laughs>
1: I don't want to grab the filthy, vile animal. Yeah, I just want to shoot it with my
2: over-under. Without hesitation, sir, I'll get you on goose. Could we you.
1: have any longer shots? I'd like something more sporty.
2: More sporty. <laughs> this is a bit too close for my gaming life.
0: I'd like them backpedaling the other way. <laughs> that, uh, that actually reminds me of a story at Stuart Ranch. Uh, what was really difficult about Stuart Ranch, and I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, is down there... The sun rises. There's nothing on the horizon, right? So when the sun starts to rise, you have like you can see the birds like 45 minutes before you can shoot. Like it's wild. Mm. Like, like you think you think you think 30 minutes before legal shooting light. Think like an hour. It's it's actually insane. Like you're just like oh man, we have they're active so early. They're so active. So like 15 minutes before shooting time. There are hundreds of ducks in your decoys, and you're just so like, you're just waiting. You're just waiting, and it's just, like, just like oh shit! Oh, you're just like they almost hit the A-frame, and it's like whoa, dude! And everyone's like, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, can we shoot them? Hey, can we shoot them? It's like no, no, we, <laughs> like we, we got like twenty minutes left, and uh, <clears throat> so then shooting light hits, they're gone.
2: Oh no! And, that, <laughs> and that's
0: the tough part. But then they just come back in like random packs. So there was this one group; they were assholes. I mean, just, oh, that you were guiding. Yeah, they were dinks, dude. So there's a group of like 20 ringers, like 60 yards out, like way outside the decoys. Like I would never call the shot, even okay. if we were having a bad day. <laughs> okay. Even if we were having a bad day, I wouldn't even have called that shot. 60 yard guys, ringers. 60 yard ringers, dude. And okay. we saw 200. Amos
1: cheap enough for that nowadays. Yeah. You Understand me, <laughs> people.
0: So these ringers come through, and the guy get yells at me, and he's like, "Hey." Why didn't you call the shot on that? I go. <laughs> they were sixty yards out in their ringers. He's like, we can hit them. I go, bullshit. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So then go ahead. He's like, it's one of my favorite things we, you do. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. So these birds come through the freaking like <laughs> way outside the decoys, like thirty yards outside the decoys. I'm like, damn. And I was like, okay, well, if you guys, and they're like experienced hunters, and I was like, a very yeah. experienced. That's why they're getting guided. Exactly. And I'll get to that soon. <laughs> so they these things come cruising through again. I was like, okay, guys, if you get another shot like you think you can take it, take it. And they dropped four. And I was like, damn, damn. Okay. I was like, all right, guys. If you see something and I don't call it and there's no dog in the water, just take it. You know, Because it was just like such a safe, controlled environment. Go I was like, head. go ahead. So then I'm like calling in these mallards just like from the tip tops. And I'm like, guys, guys, get ready, get ready, get ready. And they're like, oh, Mo, we should have taken them on that pass. I was like, no, no, no. They're going to do it. Good. So then they come back around, and I have 9 to 10, like, perfect Drake Mallards. 15 yards. They are like in the decoys. Yes. Oh, boy. In the decoys. Okay. And I go, kill them. Not a fucking one dropped. <laughs> and then I said, hey, guys, you want to keep taking passing uh, shots on fucking 60-yard ringers? You can't hit decoy Mallards? Come on. Oh, my God. What did they say? Was
1: that your worst miss? You probably like your biggest layup. Yeah, your biggest layup and miss.
0: No, there's been worse. But what did they say? Well, they were talking mad shit before that to the point where I was like, fine, fucking take the shot then. You know, like that was my attitude. I was like, fine, fucking take it. Nice. Take it. And kid (laughs) kid Kid was was
2: nice. Kid was
0: pissed. (laughs) Really? He's like. Man, I'm fucking, he's like, I'm glad you're talking to these guys. I don't want to fucking talk to him because I'd <laughs> I'd tell him something they don't want to hear. I was like, oh shit. Yeah, you would. So I was like, okay, kid, I'll I'll handle it. So then, kids, they, another guide. Yeah, he's the head guide at Stewart Ranch. Okay. Cool as shit. Cool. I I ever. need to get him on the podcast, but oh
1: my gosh, He'd he, be like, what are all these? No, I'm not. I
0: can't. Even, you can't. Even, I'm not even gonna put words in his mouth because he. I, me I out. feel like he <laughs> says hootenanny. nanny" a lot. Nanny.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man, kid, kid is a one of the best natural hunters i've ever seen like nobody taught kid how to hunt he actually just like walked in the woods barefoot until he started killing stuff <laughs> and like he can stalk deer and he can kill hogs he's like he's a badass cut hogs off that you'd think like oh you're reading these pigs wrong he'd cut until you're on top of them and he's a really
0: good duck hunter he's not like he's been duck hunting his whole life but he just is like
1: observant That's he's, what makes he's him
0: that good. he's that guy he's not a very good caller but he wants to get good and he uh he's just that guy who knows when to call you know. And no one knows what calls to do to kill the birds that he needs for the hunt mm-hmm. that he's on. So yeah, yeah. No, he knows Oklahoma. He knows how to hunt the ranch for okay. sure. Oh yeah. But anyway, so then end of the hunt comes. I think they could have shot. Let's see. There was six of them. They could have shot thirty ducks, and they shot. Or no, thirty-six ducks, and they shot. So we were planning on shooting mostly mallards, and they decided to just crank into ringers, and uh, <laughs> and, mer- and mergansers. And then uh, I I count ducks and we're at like twenty eight out of thirty six. That's a good hunt. Good hunt. That's a lot of ducks. Yeah, you know, on a tank. And then uh, I'm bullshitting with them afterwards, and we're just like talking. And kids like, no, you talk to him. I'm just gonna start picking up. I was like, cool. That's great for me. You know, yeah. I just I'll just hang out with the guys. And he's like, I I'll kill him. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so then we're talking, whatever. I was like, yeah, no, I I was surprised that you guys wanted to take sixty yard shots instead of uh, decoying ducks, but hey. I mean, you guys could hit him at 50, 60 yards. I mean, I, I'll, 28, I'll 28. call that I'll call that shot for you tomorrow. He's like, well, I don't think we're staying tomorrow. We had one guy had an emergency, so I think we're all going to go home. That was, like, in the heart of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I th- oh, one person in their party died before coming.
3: Oh. And so they had
0: to go to his funeral. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah, no. It's wild. It wasn't from COVID, but. Yeah. Any Anyway, so, you know, I'm talking to these guys for, like, 40 minutes, and, uh. Whatever, and then find out that they didn't tip us a fucking dollar. Oof! Really, not a, not a fucking dollar. And I was like so, like, uh, yeah, like adaptive. Like they were like, no, were we want to, we want to, we want to hit these shots. And I was like, cool. You were making it their, their shots. hunt, which is why they should have tipped you because it's you could have just been like, no, this is how I hunt. This is what
1: I do, and this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. You sit there and you wait for me to call it. Like you actually were like, Hey, this is your hunt, you're paying for it. How do you want to, how do you want it to roll? You want to shoot at ringers because you don't really care what the bird is? You want a sporty shot? Do it.
2: But sporty, I love and that. And I word. got
0: shit on in the end. You know, so it's like In the end. That was one of two groups I didn't tip. So
2: let me ask you this. When you're a guide, what do you expect people to tip?
0: Mm-hmm. Derek? Like if
2: it's 150 bucks. Derek okay. Derek's guided it quite a bit. If it's 150 bucks for a hunt, right? Let's just say for yeah. a gun. What do you expect a tip to be?
1: It I think it depends on how many guides are on the hunts that you're hunting while you're there, because if... Which isn't really their problem, though. It's not... Well, I don't know. If If three guys are running your hunt, then I say you tip the whole sum, and then the three guys split it, obviously. But I don't really know. I guess I always just kind of took what I got tipped, and I didn't expect anything more, because it's their experience. I would always just talk and ask them questions that's my favorite thing about it was just getting to know everyone. getting to know everybody like i made really good friends when i was it's there pretty fun yeah and you just talk to them and you ask them about their hunts and you talk to them about your hunts and then what do they shoot back home what do they shoot back home and what do they like to do and i would ask them questions like they were on like inter- on, i was interviewing podcast, them yeah, yeah i was just asking them as many questions as i could and empower like empowering them when they'd shoot good i'd be hooting and hollering oh yeah high-fiving them oh, and like yeah. being really stoked because I think they look at the guide as the, supposed to be the most opportunistic person. Right. And it's really hard to be opportunistic all the time in hunting, but if they're paying you to be, you got to be. And it's just Well, like, and
2: especially if you're guiding cuz you know if it's good or if it's bad type yeah. of thing. Um so like let's say this though, like it's 150 bucks a gun.
1: I think it shouldn't be no more than $100. I mean no less than $100. I pay I would pay I would personally pay anyone no less than $100 for an hour worth of work
2: no matter like pretty much what it is. Yeah, but you already paid 150 bucks for that day. So you're saying another 100 bucks?
1: Yes. It's not like uh, you rented wow. a Can-Am and you and the Can-Am was $400 and you just rode that Can-Am and that was it. Like you wouldn't tip the Can-Am because it didn't do anything extra for you. But you're like giving them coffee and you're giving them food and you're getting them donuts and 100 you're, bucks for the group or 100 bucks per guy? I would I've had people tip like 100 bucks per like each of us got 100 bucks That's if crazy. we were there for a couple of days. Yeah. So think of it think this of way. Think of like if you built a huge bar tab, what's a $150 bar tab? What would you tip on that? What's 25%? 20% would 20%. be
2: 30 bucks. 30 bucks. But
1: you didn't only get drunk. Like you got driven around and then you got uh, a really cool exp- oh, uh, experience while you were drunk. I don't know. I'm just trying to relate it where it's like, it doesn't sound that, does it sound that crazy to you? Like $100? Yeah, that
2: sounds crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Cause if I'm in my days. head. Think about
1: it, it multiple days. Like okay. Yeah. You see, like that's what I'm days. saying.
2: Like you got to do it by like a day. Okay, because if you do it for three days, then 100 bucks is 20%. Yeah, I'm not good at math, but yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to
0: put it this way. The best I ever got tipped was $400 for a day. Yeah. That was crazy, but that was split between me and one other guy. Okay. Um, and but, some guys just have that to
1: throw around as well. No,
0: they, they do for sure, but at the same time, um, that was right before I quit smoking anything. And then I was like, so, I was just buying sigs and whatever. But, like, when you go hunting, you know, there's always someone who's like, who's got a sig? Who's got a chew? Sure. You know, so I literally had those in my bag. So then I would, like, spark up a sig and I'd be like, anyone want a sig? And every Everyone. single <laughs> time someone's like, yeah, I'll take a sig. Is my wife here? I didn't think so. Give me that. I'll take a sig. Yeah, I'm on vacation.
2: You know, I just, you I know it's just like
0: you're, you're essentially their valet. You are their bartender. You are like, you just give them whatever they want. And then when they do something awesome, it's like, dude, nice shot.
1: I got a, I got a, I got a good story like that. Like we had a really bad hunt. It was the last day of the season. This group was supposed to come in the heat of the season, basically canceled for a personal reason, then rescheduled with Stuart ranch uh, at the end of the season. I had a pawn that I scouted that was going to have that first early flight, if anything, and then something at noon and and there were gonna be mallards and we hunted in the morning shot two birds really really slow no wind and it was hot like it ended up getting like 80 degrees that day so it was really bad hunting regardless of the spot or whatever and i told the guys like hey it's supposed to get really hot today it's been really hot for the last three days it's going to be slow but if something comes in we'll we'll kill it shot one bird the guys are really cool they're from like uh georgia and uh they like farmed vidalia onions they farmed vidalia yeah. onions and they were like a father a son his son's friend and it was a good group of dudes i said hey guys it's like 10 o'clock like if if we're hungry let's go back to the lodge and cook something we can do an afternoon hunt for mallards at like noon had miscommunication um we ended up going back to the spot that we were supposed to go to and once again the hunt like nothing showed up and it, we were in there for like 30 minutes i was like guys we can sit here for the next hour and a half and hope that the mallards come back. But like, this is your experience. What do you want to do? Do you want to sit here? Or do you want to like, go look around the ranch or we can go just maybe jump, shoot birds. Like we got nothing to do. We can go trophy hunt, scout every pond and try and jump a bird that you want to shoot. Well, I think we'd like going around the ranch. So we did that kid and I took him out on the buggy and they hung out in the back seat of the buggy and drove around the whole ranch and like we showed him different kids showed him different cliffs and he's like yeah this is some old Native American artifacts and dude. like in this tree row there's a 45 there, dude there was a there was a dude who had like his last stand in one of the tree rows there and they found a uh, they found all six 45 calibers like underneath the tree it's like he was like leaned up against the tree doing Just a final stand and- blasting away at something and then I don't know I don't know if they found bones but they did a, a detector and found the brass from that
2: or whatever that's crazy
1: but yeah super like cool historic place and we were telling them all the stories and uh the end of the hunt like wraps up or clay clay calls like midway through and he's like hey guys he calls the client he's like hey just checking in on how the hunt goes and the client's like this is the most boring bullshit experience i've ever had i'm never coming back and i'm telling everyone i know that this was terrible Clay's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, what happened? He's like, none of your guides picked me up and I'm stuck here waiting in the swamp. Clay's like, where are you? I'll come get you. The guy goes, "Ah, I'm just fucking with you, man. (laughs) I'm having the time of my life. This is so much fun. This is such a beautiful property. And this was like, I cannot believe that the Chisholm Trail's here. And he ate it up. We saw pigs and we saw deer and we saw uh, saw, um, prairie dogs. He shot some prairie dogs. Like, it's just... It's all about just catering to the people who are paying for the day. And I think we got tipped by the onions and a couple hundred bucks because we saved their experience, like in a way, instead yeah. of just being like, <clears throat> shit, guys, we got our
2: ass kicked. It was like, let's go fucking have a blast. And we did. Yeah. I just feel like people always like for me, right. If I was ever going to go on like a guided hunt, like I'm like, what's enough money that I give that I'm not like a prick. You know what I mean? Like, let's say, let's say you go out. It's like you got six guys in the blind. There's two guides. Okay, and you're there for like three days. Like, if I leave there and I paid my daily fee and then I tip the guides fifty bucks a day cash, am I an asshole? No, fifty no. bucks a guide. And yeah, like no, like Did fifty you, bucks total. Guide, yeah,
1: each guide. I was fifty say, bucks a day.
2: No, I was just thinking 50, fifty bucks total a day.
0: I don't think that's bad. I don't so think so that's like bad. the
2: way nobody's going to say <laughs> like if shit. I'm there for three days, I'm giving hundred and fifty bucks cash to the guides so, for two guides.
0: Here's a here's a really good representation. Uh, before we blew up as a channel or blew up, what before we blew up, um, became anything as a channel or anything like that. I brought two of my veteran buddies, Zach Bouchelle and uh, John. Yep, out to feet down, and that's when it was like late in December, and they're like, Joe, I really want to get on some some geese, and all my spots hadn't had geese on in a week. I was like, Well, shit, Joe Heinz is killing them. And this is before Joe, like, he doesn't remember this. Like, that's how early (laughs) it was in our friendship. And I'm just like, I wasn't anywhere near the guides, whatever. We were just hanging on the pit. Didn't shoot a fucking bird all day. We were there all day. Yeah. It was a Thursday. And, uh, that's when it was a hundred bucks a day for feet down. And so we paid 300 bucks to watch. No, the group shot one bird a minute before shooting light. And, uh. They were like, sorry, guys, you know, it just happens sometimes. It's a clear day, no wind, you know, it sucks. I was like, that's cool, man. So I gave him 100 bucks for the three of us. And he's like, thanks, man, I really appreciate that. What was your name again? I was like, it's Joey. You know, he's like, you didn't need to tip us, man. Like, we didn't shoot shit. And I was like, no, it's all good. Like, you have the land and whatever. It's just like I had fun. I was yeah. just like bullshitting with my buddies who just got back from war. Yeah. You know, it was like. They just want to go on a good goose hunt. So like you essentially saved my ass and we got to like go somewhere and like talk with other people and hang out and whatever. But, um, Connor remembers me, Joe doesn't obviously cause he's sure. Heinz, but, um, but Connor like still remembers that. So I was like, cool. You know, like I, I remember every single person who tipped me at sewer ranch. Yeah, for sure. Yeah for yeah, it just it just, it's it just, just means a lot you know, it's like but that's 30 that's 30 bucks a piece If that was three guides <laughs> but a feet down there's always four because they need the calling power sure. you know
2: i don't know i just always wonder you know like i think a lot of guys wonder that you know i've had people ask me like hey i'm going on a guided goose hunt like how much do i tip and i'm like honestly man i don't rightfully know
1: you no, know that's like, a good question to ask and i would i would prompt if you're a guide um you should talk about it. Maybe I don't know if you want to talk. about it. Some people might want to be private with that, but also it's like, it's good. It's good information to set expectations as well.
2: It's tough though because like if like, you're a guide, guy, like, more
1: needs to be a hundred dollars or more.
2: Sure, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I and I think guides don't talk about it because they're like we don't want to be like assholes. Like we don't expect a tip. You know what I mean? Like, but obviously you do. You know, um, I expect a tip absolutely I do.
0: maybe the the
1: consumer shouldn't put in perspective like put shouldn't think about the hunt as like I have to pay for the day rate and then there's the tip it should just you should think of the day rate as like yeah you're paying for all of this and then your tip is to complement the experience like like when cows like when you were prompting the question you're like so I have to spend that the day rate and then I have to tip like I in my mind I think you should think of it differently because if I get really drunk at a bar, Somebody's howling. And If I get really drunk, if I get really drunk at a bar, uh, and I have a hundred fifty dollar tab, I don't tip based off the twenty percent. I tips off of like how much we mess with for the bartender or like how much they did for us. Like, oh, well, it turned totally. the heater on totally. So, and uh, I,
2: I get that, but like for instance, right? Like you're you're talking about like a situation where you go out, the hunt just fucking sucks. Like it's terrible. You know, it's not necessarily your fault. Like you no. spent the same amount of time guiding and trying to find birds and scouting and all that stuff. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, well, I'll tip you, you know, but like, it's not like I had the experience of my life. So, like, I'm yeah. not going to tip you about like, the experience and of my life. And they
1: probably, ex- probably expect that as well. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think you should never leave nothing because that's what they'll think, that's what the person who you're leaving the service to will think that you deserve. Like, right. it'd be like, oh, that's what you think I deserve is nothing. Like 50 bucks is 50 bucks. It's better than nothing. But if you don't tip anything, that's kind of an asshole.
2: It's thing. just tough because it's like, for instance, right? Like in the waterfall industry, it's not like we know that like, for instance, like bartenders, like you tip your bartender, you know, like they make shit for hourly wage. So yeah. like. Same thing with guides. They make, they make tips. They make that's tips. That's what I mean. It's like people they don't know well. that. That's you a great know? point to make, Joy. They, yeah. That's what I mean though. Is like, I don't think people know that. Like a lot of people don't realize that because it's not as common of a thing as like going to a restaurant. So like we don't talk about it enough. Like nobody really knows. Yeah. Well,
3: but yeah. like,
2: obviously I know that guides don't make a lot of money. I just wondered, you know, how much is not enough and how much is, you know, tip, makes sense. you tip your barbers, your bartenders and your guides
3: because <laughs> the barber
1: yeah. makes you look good. The bartender makes you have fun and the guide makes you look cooler than you'll ever feel. Sometimes. Sometimes. Unless or sometimes he'll just make you laugh really hard. Or, or, sh- or there'll sh- be a shitty guy and you'll
2: have a really bad time. Yeah. Well, yeah I've I've sucks. gone on
0: quite a few guided hunts in my experience, and there was only about three times that I didn't tip them. But I let them know why I didn't tip them. Sure. Like, I I did the whole confrontation thing where I'm like, hey, dude, you literally are just sitting here trying to collect a check. You are not putting forth any nah. nothing. You were putting forth nothing. You could have told me, hey, I don't know how the birds are going to fly today, but we're going to try them out. And you would just, you would see birds. You wouldn't touch them. You wouldn't touch your call. Nothing. You wouldn't try flagging. Like, yeah, dude, I I waterfowl hunt. Yeah. You know, like I understand. So, right. but at the same time, if you don't try, you you're shit. Yeah. You got to try to appease the people because you're working. You're working. Yeah. You know, you have to put on a face. You have to be excited. And you have to talk to your clients, and you have to
2: put in effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yep.
0: have to put yep. in effort. So if you don't put in effort, don't expect a tip. If you show up hungover every day to work, are you really expecting to get paid what you're supposed to? Get right, paid? No. right. Mm-mm. The best,
1: yeah. the best service I ever like saw from like a guide um or just like how people thought of it was like alex russo in south dakota Mm. like that guy's flatland flatland he was always like service 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 like well that place is unreal it's unreal but like his mentality was just like your first thing you should think of is like get that out of their hand you grab it you get the door you take care of that form it's just it's like that was a big thing eye-opener for me Is like okay this is the pinnacle of service for your people because like that's what they know they're getting is yeah. an awesome service and an awesome experience is complimented by that service.
2: And you were mind blown by it. Freaking
1: mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's so many mallards flying in at one time because mm-hmm. they're so like, oh, I'm so cold and I got to eat as much calories as I can. And they just yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: fall down. Yeah. Bobby said that Flatland Flyways is unbelievable. Like the food is unreal. Yeah. The lodging is unreal. Like everything about your experience is a one, you know, I don't know. That's cool. That's cool. All right. So Derek, I had a question for you. Yes, sir. Um, so like you obviously are a photographer and you manage a lot of social media stuff. Um, you're a part of, you know, releasing content and all that stuff. What is like when you see stuff on, when you see shit on, on Instagram, what is like your biggest annoyance? Like when you see stuff and you're like, Oh my God. Um, I know that's like an interesting and loaded question, but like, yeah, you're grabbing a headline uh (laughs) uh (laughs) say some shit that's wild yeah i'll drop some knowledge
1: no um i think the thing that i don't the thing that would peeve me is not not being humble or or dishonesty i think dishonesty is the most frustrating thing that i see in the industry compliment the people who made your experience like like uh it happens all the time um guides and outfitters they take people out on hunts and the people who have influence or influencers of themselves they'll just like take what somebody built for them and be like look at what i did it's not true just talk about it it's like giving credit to the photo if you didn't take it or if you didn't make if you didn't make something to its full and you were a part of it say that you were a part of it like the dishonesty cow i i uh we had a great conversation the first time we hunted together about like photoshop and and um yeah making like compositions like and um fabricating images and yeah. like i i photoshopped a photo and posted it today and i said that i photoshopped it not because i was worried that people would be like oh, maybe it sucks so bad that everyone knew it was photoshopped, but i was just saying like it's photoshop because i wanted to try this and it's a really it's a tough thing to do but i just wanted to be honest and i would hope that other people would see that and be like oh at least he was just being honest because i could have said look at this insane photo that i crotched in the barren sea for and half of it's underwater and then the harlequin ducks flew by and i took it and i'm awesome and look how awesome this is yeah i just don't think of myself as that awesome so i don't word things that way and i want to be honest And i think that a lot of people on social media or in creation like want to just grab everything for themselves instead of thinking of what i can do for the people who are allowing me to make this look cool yeah like i learned that on the ranch when i went to Stuart ranch and was filming like guys doing c- cattle work. And I'd be like, Hey, can you go do that again or something? Can you actually, can I have you do this? Because I think it would be cool. And like, I'd said that one time and a guy was like, you get stuff out of this shit. I don't, I don't mm. fucking need to do it twice. Get it right. The first time be ahead of me, like think forward instead of me reenacting, like make it real the first time. That's how I know you're good at your job. Mm. And I was like, Holy shit. That's huge. And instead of trying to have everyone fabricate something or pose something or like set up a your, you shot a Turkey and you put it on a freaking seat and you set it the seat up in front of a nice backdrop, like just, just start clean fucking thing. You don't yeah. have to make everything a presentation. And another thing that drives me crazy is people are basically turning their pages into ads for other companies that, yeah, don't, yeah. that don't pay them. You're just giving away. Like, hold some standards. Be like... That's a big one for that me. That is just crazy. Like, it's your personal page. At the top, it says Derek Helms. I But it's not... Like, I post photos that are taken on a cell phone on my page. Not everything is a, is a work of art. It's just me, and that's who I am, and that's how I like to carry myself. Yeah. just being real with who I am and carrying that onto social media as best I can. And I just think it's... Why would you lie about who you are? Why would you lie about, like, the experience you had? And make it for a company who's not paying you, but you just want to feel
0: like...
2: Included, You're a part of the club. I'm a part
3: of the club, so, and they like my stuff. That is so, such an interesting thing for us. So, real
0: quick, um, for those guys, they're obviously doing it for recognition from the brands that they're they're trying to get recognized from the brands. Yes. And in reality, what they're doing is they're giving them free content. Correct. Yes. Right. So, my question for you is: for these young kids trying to get into the business, and they're tagging Sitka, Mossy Oak, Righam Wright, Benelli, whatever, anyone, anywhere. what's their what would you say to them as a content creator, as a good content creator who works with these brands, what is a good way for these kids to not do that, give these people free content to reuse on their own without paying anyone anything and instead be recognized by these people? I would just say uh, have a spine and hold yourself accountable. Know
1: that your creation is worth something, not just worth recognition or a like or a reshare on a fucking 24-hour story your work and your vision and your camera stuff is expensive and it's worth something. So don't just give it away so that somebody will share it and more people will follow you because your followers don't pay your bills. And there's a lot of people who say, I want to be a creator and I want to take photos and stuff and they have a full-time job, which is awesome and it's a passion thing, but you have to think about the people who are making a career out of this and paying for their children to eat. I don't have kids, but like I know fathers and and mothers who are in the industry and run social media is good that are getting cut away and losing bills because of somebody else is like, well, I'll just do it for free.
3: Yeah, or I'll do, for tw-
1: I'll do
2: it for 10% discount. I'll do
1: it for way cheaper than they'll do it. Like people ask what your day rate is sometimes and then they'll ask somebody else and the person will be like, well, I'll just go cheaper than them. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah, Cause I mean... Because, and I, there's, there'll be people on the backside of this will say like, oh, Derek, like if you're so good, then why would you worry about competition? Your work should speak for itself. But I'm talking to the people who are just getting in and joining the industry and wanting to be a part of it. Like don't sell yourself short, know that you're worth something and make the companies who are making such a huge percent profit every year off the outdoor industry. Like we're not in like a tight hype beast gang where we're trying to take pictures of Supreme and it's really saturated in LA. Like we're working in the freaking outdoor industry, which is the most flooded money thing there is right now. There's no bikes for sale. There's no guns for sale. I mean, there's like, no everything's so- there's everything's sold out everyone's making money so if a company tells you that they don't have budget is because there's 500 other people who are like i'll just do it for free as long as you tag me right which i understand you have to do to grow but there has to be a line where you're like i oh, know actually i know this one's worth 150 dollars for you to post on instagram i'm gonna hold myself to a standard and say like do you know what if you want to share my post on your instagram's gonna be 150 bucks so you never answer
0: my question that's that's all really good sorry but what what should those people do in order to get recognized by those companies that they're tagging their their Instagram or their Facebook or whatever. Well, how many? Answer your question. Well, no. What should they do other than just know their worth? Like,
3: oh, yeah, how that's good point. That's proceed. Good
0: point. good point, Joey. Good point. Thank you. Uh, they should.
1: I think you can proceed by a lot of ways. You can get in their DMs. There's somebody running their DMs. Obviously, that's how you're trying to get seen in the first place. DM them and ask for their information. Send them a Dropbox. Send them a Smug Mug. Send them your link to your work that they can see more than just that. And offer more than the next guy once you have their attention. Like, don't just offer one photo. Offer like 10 deliverables. Be like, oh, if you do this, do more than the next person by getting in their email and taking the next step besides just tagging and tagging and hoping that they come to you and email you. Go and email them. Hustle yeah. for it. I, w- I guess that's what I would say is get their at info email and send a bunch of emails mm as well you can continue to shoot photos for them like if you have a cool yeti picture in the back if you have a cool yeti in the background of your duck photo like i'm not saying that that's bad because that's the photo make it real and then right. know your worth and then communicate to the <clears throat> companies that you want to be seen on by them by the right people
2: yeah like you doing stuff for like this is an interesting thing because i talked about i talked with Wade about this like right when we started and luckily for us connor Uh, owns his own media company. And my dad is, well, was a commercial photographer for like 40 years, you know, and my dad always complained like the last five years owned his own company. And he's like, cell phone photos are fucking me. Yeah. You know, because like now everybody with this, with an iPhone is a photographer now. And so, you know, like they're giving away content for free. And now these companies are thinking they can get shit done for cheaper and cheaper um, and like, even if, like my dad said, a lot of companies would like go and do stuff with a cheaper photographer, like somebody who like just had a camera or whatever. And then obviously the stuff would turn out like shit. Yeah. And so then they'd come back to him and they'd be like, Hey, we really want to use you. But like this guy was charging us 600 bucks a day. And my dad's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, like you're back here because that guy wasn't good at what he does. So you just have to decide, like, if you want cell phone photos or if you want professional photos, like it's your choice. Yep. But I'm not going to lower my day rate because some guy has an iPhone 12. You know what I mean? Um, Joey, what do you think? So it was an interesting thing. Hmm. What do you think?
0: About what?
1: Which, what do you think? What do you think about guys getting in the industry and guys wanting to tag companies and get in and get in with companies? Because you don't carry a camera around, but you have influence as well.
0: um, Huge influence. Stop. You're huge influence. (laughs) So toxic. um, So toxic. So, you know, there's been a lot of kids who have reached out to us and been like, hey, do you guys have pro staff? I'm like, no. Um, I don't even know what we would do for pro staff because, you know, it's just not how our company operates. And so, um, but I've had a couple of kids who are super persistent that I still talk to. Yeah. I will hunt with them and whatever, but I I've been there. Yeah. I've been that guy in so many different areas of life. You know, whether it was construction, hunting, I mean shit anything I've ever been interested in, foot, like yeah. football, football soccer, soccer, you know, every, like all these sports and like I'd I'd look up to these older kids and I'm like, "Hey, I don't know how this is a great example. Drake Train.
3: Yeah, great Su- soccer player. Such
0: a good soccer player, dude. Like, and a really cool dude. Cool fucking name too. Small, small dude. Jake definitely. Train, super small dude. I think he was only like 5'8". But at that time, I was <laughs> five <laughs> foot two. <laughs> but at that point, I was everyone five was five two. eight in the car, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not fucking short, Joey. You understand me? <laughs> no, but like in comparison to where I'm at now, because I'm almost six foot. But these, almost. uh but yeah. Jake, yeah, I'm like five eleven and change. But <laughs> anyway, let's not talk about my small Jake. man syndrome. Jake Train. So Jake Train, um. He's like, yeah, well, I'm really busy with school and whatever. And I was just like, well, I'd really appreciate it, like, if you taught me how to get better with my left foot because he was a left footer. And he's like, nah. And I was like, and then in the next game, I'm like, dude, that was a sweet shot. And he's like, thanks, man. And I was like, I don't know how you positioned your hips like that. Like, I got really specific with my questions. And, like, he could tell that I really gave a shit. Yeah. And then he took the time with me. Like, I, I paid him as a sophomore to a junior to be like, teach me how to do that. Yeah. And he did. And he wouldn't accept my money at the end of it. And I, I haven't talked to him in years now, but we were friends well after he graduated and like same thing in the waterfowl industry. Like there's a couple of people that I talk to that just want to get better and yeah. they're just total nerds about it. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. You know, like I'll hang out with you for sure. Yep. So when it comes to like companies, I would say, I mean Cal does all the the sponsor stuff with us but um, I don't know you just like connect with them on a different level and it's not like hey can we get free shit
2: yep. like you can't can you mail me that stuff I would I would say this if you don't mind Joe be be of the waterfall industry like if you want to be in the waterfall industry be of the waterfall industry and what I say like when I say that what I mean by that is like <clears throat> don't just accept like expect that, like one if you get on a pro staff that suddenly you're like in the waterfall industry. Like if people don't know you, you're not of the waterfall industry, but like if you go to shows, right. And you meet people and you talk to people and ask them legit questions and like you're interested and you take a calling lesson and you try to meet these people and like get on a different level with them. Yeah. That is the best way to open doors for yourself without a doubt. Yep. If you're of the waterfall industry, people like you, Joey are going to see that like these kids that are just obsessed And all they want to do is learn. They're not out there because they're like, I need some glory for myself. They're like, I just care so much about this. I want to be the best I can be and be a part of it somehow because it makes me so happy. Yep. And that's probably where you draw the line. You know, it's like if you're going to come into it, like most people like in the waterfall industry, you know, or any anything in the outdoor industry in general, you know, the three of us, like when you meet somebody, I can tell if you're of the industry or if you're just like, you know, trying to get some glory for yourself or some free gear I can, or I whatever. can see that so fast. <clears throat> so well, I think, fast. I think you can see
1: desperation in any animal and it pretty shows for humans. If it's like uh, Lee chose, told me you can't fake what you don't know. You can't fake what you don't know. Right. And that's a, that's a fucking fact, especially in hunting. You can't fake what you, you can be like, oh, I'll take you out and I'll kill birds and I'll call for you. And then you get out there. And if you don't know, you can't fake it. Anymore. Right. You don't know. So, I mean, Joe used Midwest flyways as an example of a corporation. People, um, instead of just tagging them and tagging them and tagging them, he's like, I take people seriously when they're adamant and persistent and passionate. And they ask the right questions. They don't just ask a question because they want an answer. They ask the right questions and they dive deep and they put in the effort. Same thing with how to make money in the industry. Same thing with how to get connections with companies. Be persistent and do more than the next person. When you send them an email with a portfolio,
2: don't half-ass it.
1: Take take another two days. When you're like, okay, this is ready. Take two more days on it and add to it. And then you can't be denied.
2: And also, don't give it away for free. And that was a big thing. Like when we started, negotiate. Like, yeah. Talk yeah. To Connor's him. like, I don't care. If we don't make a dollar, like we'll just keep doing what we're going to do. And if it works out, it works out. But like, we're not just going to give our shit away. Yep. And I would say, honestly, like from my experience, like selling to these companies, pro staff has fucked us. Pro staffs have fucked
1: everybody. Do you think they, they fucked us because the people who, can be on pro staff. Sometimes you usually have like a nine to five and then the hunting is like how they express their enjoyment. Yes. Pro staff has, so that they don't have anything to lose. There's no money riding. It. It's just like, Hey, if I can I get stuff for free, that. I'll be 100%. so much happier because totally that way with my nine to five job, I don't have to pay for it. I'll just have free 100%.
2: Stuff. And I would say pro staffs half the time are a fucking joke. I mean, how many people are on a pro staff and what do they actually do? How much they hunt? Whatever. What do they contribute Um,
1: back to Like what's their deliverable back to the company? It depends
2: on the company. Every people don't
1: hold any standards and they just let their people run wild. It makes no sense. Like there's, there's, okay,
2: there's three different ways that you can do it. Either like anybody can pretty much get on pro staff and you're going to get a small discount in exchange for whatever you're willing to give us. Essentially
0: use my for 15% off, use Joey 15 for 15 and you get
2: 2% kickback. Dude,
0: whatever if any, the if hell it is, anyone has that on their Instagram profile and they're like, Hey, mm. can I? No, Nope. no. Nope. I will just, yeah, your so, page is
1: not you anymore. It's, <coughs> it's you plus 15% off
2: at buzzy No, you're hooking. Yeah. You're, you're a fishing. hooker.
0: You're a hooker. <laughs> so you're a literal hooker at that point.
2: So there's that way you can do it. Then there's the pro staff. So like they actually care about who's on the pro staff, but those guys that are on the pro staff are giving up too much still. Yep. Right, So like, even if it's like a 30% discount off something, but you're giving them 50 photos a year and they never have to pay for photography. Then you're giving away too much. You're giving away too much and you're fucking photographers yep. who are really good at this, who actually give a shit and whose photos would be three times as good as yours. But when the company doesn't know the difference because they've been getting free shit for so long, they're never going to pay for it.
0: Here, Here's another really good avenue for people to get in to the industry. And in like... This is like, I think we've mostly been talking about for people who want to make this their nine to five, you know, or they're self-employed or whatever. But like, this is if someone just wants to become like part of a company, you know, like where it's like, you want to be pro staff, but you want to be more than just get a 15% discount code where you're like, you want to help out at shows. You want to like help represent the company. Yeah. Like you want to go to contests, whatever. So like we were just working the dive bomb squad fest. Uh, A couple weeks ago and um, no one at that show did, but I've been asked in the past at different shows, like when I'm helping Scott at his booth at Mulgear and whatever. And people are like, dude, how, how can I, you know, get on staff? I'm like, okay, here's what you need to do. So like, that's someone who's being super direct and they're like, Hey, what do I need to do to essentially not be in my position, but like I want to help out and I want to like be a part of this. Like I want to help represent a brand like go and talk to people at these shows. Like you have to go to the shows. Yeah, the yeah. shows are dying, you know? Absolutely. But
1: this year, face to face,
0: ramped up hard. I'm so,
1: je- I'm so sad. I couldn't come to the dive bomb squad fest. You really
0: did miss out. It I know was, I did. I know I did. It was a really good time, but like go to these shows and talk to these companies that you want to work with. I think a lot of people right now are just like so focused on having all these brands on their Instagram bio where it's like, I'm, I'm with this company, this company, this company, right. this company. And what
1: does that even itself. mean? Who
2: are you? Right. Who are you? What do not, you even, do? not even that, but what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, would tribe, you walk up to somebody in the street and be, like,
1: and be like, hey, I'm Derek Helms. I'm with um, Benelli, Wright, Ball Shot Shells, and Dakota Decoys, and uh, Dive Bomb Decoys. And like, You would never introduce yourself. No. Like your Instagram bio. Imagine walking up to people and introducing yourself as your Instagram bio. If you're listening to this,
0: read your Instagram bio out loud and maybe rethink right. it. I'm Joey Vassallo, 2014 Chevy Silverado 1500 lift kit.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: actually, fucking please do that. That's that's
1: electric. <laughs> yeah, that's like, hilarious. Like the car guys, introduce yourself. Be like, I'm Dale, I'm Dale McCormick, and uh, I I drive a 1975 Charger SS, and it is double souped up. And
0: you just go into it like that's how you start. Friendship. Panties melt when girls get in the front seat. Let me tell you something about that. <laughs> okay, them lacy's are gone. But anyway. Back to what we were saying as we got way off tangent really quick, but um, no, just be intentional on what you say and whatever. I mean- Add value and know yours. Exactly what I was going to say. Add value, but also know what you're worth. Yep. Because these companies are no one without their marketing and advertising. And you. And you, (laughs) the consumer. Right. So,
1: And you're not only a consumer, but you're a consumer promoting them. So- you are their most valuable. You are you're just as important as the consumer, if not with however multiplied by however many people actually consume your content, not yeah. just your followers, but how many people are looking at your stuff on a daily basis.
2: Yeah, I would say I was gonna say the last way that you could do it, like the best way in my mind for companies to have a pro staff is by uh, hire people who have bought followers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You gotta have a pair of tits on you. That's what you need.
2: No, I would say. The companies that do it right are the companies that have ambassador programs. So it's not there's like ten people, not a hundred, not twenty. It's ten select people who are ambassadors for their company, who legitimately are getting paid to be an ambassador because of a their knowledge, product testing, the things they do for the company, whether it's photos, whatever that it, that may be. Taking the people out in the company
0: to test yep. their new stuff. Yep, yep. and getting then them
2: content. And then being a voice for the company. That's the best way that you could possibly do it in my mind. If you're a company and you want to care about people that make content and do it right, those are the companies, when I see those companies, I'm like, they give a shit about their product. Yeah. You know, it's not just like 50 fucking random guys from all over that are on pro staff for a 20% discount. It's ambassadors that really fucking know what they're doing. Well,
0: think about it. The the first game fair that we met Wade at. <clears throat> Um, he was working the rig and right booth yep. at the Cabela's mm-hmm. the same time. Game fair was going on bad timing. Oof. And um, we were talking to that guy from Avian. I think this is when he sold to Plano when Fred, we got to get no Fred great. on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be lit. I would love to get Fred Zink on the podcast and I know you're listening. So come on.
3: Come on yeah. over to Minnesota. Hey, if you yeah. are
1: listening, did my uncle Carl tie you in a Colin competition in central Illinois? Because he's always said that he has. So yeah. Fred, please answer when you come on the podcast. No chance. <laughs> I love <laughs> that.
0: But they did a reaping that year. Cause he, I was like, Hey, what does it take to get on avian pro staff? You know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like give me the deets. And he's like, dude, honestly, I don't know at this point. I'm surprised I'm still around because they went through and they cut 70 people. Off of the discount. They went through, they sold, and the company was like, who are these people? What have yeah. they done for us? Trimmed, Nothing. Trimmed the They and, trimmed the fat hard. A
2: lot of companies have done that lately. Yeah. Well,
0: and, and not
1: only are, are they doing it, but also like, working with big brands, or I shouldn't say big brands, it sounds really arrogant, but like working with people in the industry that I have, I see, and I know, when when there's people who who aren't like, delivering as much as they're supposed to, Yeah, not promising that, and it's, that's how you can make a huge difference. Deliver on the deliverables that they ask you to and then deliver 25 more and ask them if they want to buy them. Like put 30 photos in a folder that, they, that you talked about, like you're going to get 30 photos and then throw in 25 more and be like, if you want any of these, we can negotiate. But hold your, like do more and blow them away and honestly tee it up. Don't just send them a video clip that's raw. Edit it, put their logo on it, Make it ready for Instagram to post. Make it ready for a reel. Make it ready for a TikTok, and be like, "I got this teed up for you. If you want to use it, you can use it." And they'll be like, "Holy crap! We hire people to do this, and they hadn't even thought of it. And you're just DMing it to us as a link, and you're saying that we can
2: purchase it from you." Yeah, which is a good thing and a bad thing, though, right? Because like that's a good thing for the guy that wants to get in the industry, but it's a bad thing for the people that they're hiring. So like, not only that, because the people
1: that they're hiring are are making their own content on their own ways. But I'm saying, like, if you want to make yourself noticed by a company it's an aspirational company i've done it a lot you're like man i'd love to work with them let me tee it up for them and show them what i would do with their vision and with their company and sometimes they don't reply and sometimes they do and it's just about teeing it like i said teeing it i said too many times but like setting it up for them where it's like hey i kind of already did this i thought about it from your angle i'm trying to think like you i'm trying to market like you you should hire me yeah not only that you should hire me but you should like other stuff that i can send you yeah i'm doing and your experiences, um, if you're getting in the industry, your experiences should be yours, and that's how you sell those. Rather than like chasing, like, oh, we're gonna go do this, like they did, and we're gonna go do that, like they did. Like, you have whatever you're uh, showing in that piece that you're making, video yeah. or photo, as your own backdrop. Like, we don't do stuff in studios. You're not gonna get the same green right, screen. Right. So it's like use what you have and crush what you have when you have it, and yeah, and know that another company isn't set up in that same pond with the same sunset and the same, uh, decoy trailer with the dog's breath coming out of their mouth. So it, you know, it's like, you know that you have something special, realize it. Um, there's a great quote from Matthew McConaughey's book where he says, less impressed with more involved,
2: less impressed with more involved.
1: Yep. Less impressed with, and more involved in situations, less <laughs> impressed with, the scariness or stress of life more involved in life type of mindset so think about that next time you're shooting um for another company be be less impressed be like oh i'm so cool on this guided hunt and i'm shooting for this company and more involved in putting your eye to the viewfinder and taking photos yeah yeah. and and doing more than the next person would if they were there get off your instagram story about showing how you're doing that do that for five minutes because somebody's paying you to be there and then get back to the camera
2: yeah that's definitely yeah that's key that's sweet, man, um, Derek. Before we roll out, you wanted to talk about uh, military mobility. Yeah, military mobility. Tell me about it.
1: So this was my first client. Um, you want to know how to get in the industry? Uh, be available to the right people, and and never think that you're like we're just we're t- we're out here talking about um, how to build portfolios in a way and how to like get yourself in the industry. Volunteer for a nonprofit organization. If you can show a company, look how awesome I made. This experience look for zero dollars besides my expenses paid, <clears throat> like nonprofit. They can they can cover your expenses to get where you're going or, yeah. or your hotel or whatever. You shouldn't have to pay for that because that's you knowing your worth. But look at what I did for this company for no money. Imagine what I could do for you with ten thousand dollars in a budget, or if yeah. you were paying me 20 grand or five grand or two grand or a hundred bucks. That's a great way to do it. And military mobility was my first client I ever did. I did a week trip with them. Uh it's a veteran, it's a 501c nonprofit. Uh, veteran-owned uh, experience, basically. It's a um, way to get veterans who have served or who, who are serving out in an austere environment with different modes of transportation. Um, we've done... Uh, the founder is a is a Navy SEAL, extremely decorated, did his entire career uh, with, with SEAL teams as an instructor and, and did BUDS courses and is the most freaking badass guy I've ever met in my life and has more stories like shook... Sp- flew around the world five times, shook everyone's hand six. Like, I don't know how he did that last trip, but he did. Um, he's amazing. (laughs) And, uh, and he brings people out and while he was deployed, he would buy Jeep parts and he'd mail them to his house. When he'd get back from his rotation, he would build up his Jeep in his garage and it was just meditative for him. Then he would take his Jeep out and go on different excursions. And he found that like, um, leaving the military is similar to driving over something that you're not comfortable with or driving through uh, a dirt road, it's more relatable, that's flooded. And you're like, man, I know this dirt road, but it's flooded this time. That's like navigating getting out of the military. You lose that sense of a daily purpose. And a lot of people attach their identity to who they are in the military. And when you don't know who you are when you get out. So that's something that guys struggle with. And that vehicle is a vessel to realize that like I am white gripping and I am knuckling right now, but I can c- overcome this obstacle and keep moving forward for the road ahead. And that's yeah. like military mobility's hashtag is for the road ahead. It's just about getting guys out, getting them back in a team environment, guys and girls, um, veterans from all uh, branches of the military coming out and just talking about their experiences, talking about their times and overcoming obstacles that are in front of them. We go to Moab, Utah, and rock crawl jeeps and fucking looks like mars and it's the coolest place ever and they do um we've done uh side-by-sides in the grand tetons we've done snowmobile trips in park city utah all vehicles we're trying to do dog sledding like any vehicle that gets veterans out yeah build the passion build this sense of of camaraderie and also have a kick-ass time and, and talk about real stuff while you're out camping like you're totally removed it's it's a Badass location. You're camping. It's Glamour Camp, and he's sponsored by Coleman. So he's got, like, these huge Coleman tents for the vets when they come out. And uh, he's got a cook there, and it's just a phenomenal experience every time. And the the best thing is is when the vets leave some of those driving courses, they can be FEMA certified. So not only are they leaving with the memories and the phone numbers and the contacts and the people that they met on this trip, but they're leaving FEMA certified. So when they go back to their hometown um, and a natural disaster happens or could yeah, happen, yeah. yeah. They can, they have that sticker in that certification and can be like, hey, I, I, I'm FEMA certified. I can help out. I can use this vehicle. It has a yeah. winch tow. And like, they teach all these skills when they're out there. Like, oh, this vehicle broke down halfway up this huge rock feature. It's a $80,000 built up Jeep. Use the winch, pull it up with this smaller Jeep. We can do it. And here's how. It's just empowering veterans and guys who have, you know, amputated legs from a, an IED. Instead of people being like, oh, hey, you sit down or you can't drive. Like, oh, we'll just drive. You do it. it you're like, get in the fucking driver's seat and drive this manual Jeep up these rocks. And there's a cliff over here and imminent death over there. You'll be fine. Like just because when you're in the military, no one ever, no one questions you. It's just like, you have to do what you do. Yeah. And that is like, when you get out of that, everyone's like, Oh no, it's fine. You can just sit down. No, i fucking want to stand up and I want to do this. That's why I, I am who I am. So yeah, military mobility is a phenomenal experience and, uh, their websites, militarymobility.com. And if you want to donate 20 bucks, uh, that'd be amazing. And, uh, after you rate Midwest Flyways, that'd be huge because it's just bringing vets out. I mean, twenty bucks adds adds gas to the top of a tank for for the jeep to go take five veterans out on an awesome course and yeah. have the fucking time of their life and help heal themselves as they come back from their service. I it's love amazing. that, dude. I
0: think that's so cool that you and your dad do that. Shout out to Drew, dude. Elms. He ran. He ran
1: for 48 hours straight. My dad ran for 48 hours straight trying to raise money for military mobility. And he was trying to use it through his social media as like 200 followers. So if there's ever a random DM from a guy, it's probably my dad. He loves DM. He GMs <laughs> Joey all the freaking Dude, time. He's got a private account, so it's just a random DM. It's it's just probably my dad just wanting to talk about it's hunting. It's
0: like K 507 or yeah, something just ridiculous.
1: random. And he'll, and he'll DM anybody. He was going to DM like a musician about like who he wanted to win the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I was like, dad, it's not what Instagram is for. He has... 25,000 followers he's not going to answer this but my dad was like i'm going to raise awareness for military mobility on my social media and i'm going to run for 48 hours straight every hour he ran 50 miles my dad's 51 that's incredible and he did it all for military mobility i don't know how he raised 800 bucks and i i was supposed to do it with him i separated my shoulders so i'm going to do it next year and we're going to talk about it a bunch on midwest flyways and i don't know it should be a sponsored ad on this on this podcast. I That's totally insane, threw that man. on while we're I'd while sponsor we're live. that for free. But yeah, I think it's a it's a great it's a great organization. It's easy, just twenty bucks. You want, and it's not like Wounded War. I shouldn't. It's not like any other organization who's taking your money. It's like I know where that money goes, and it yeah. doesn't go to me. I've never met a single dollar off military mobility. Yeah. I just freaking love it and i love telling that story and capturing those hugs and the high fives in the moment and yeah. follow them on instagram and go to their website and donate 20 bucks it's just a it's a cool organization didn't so you, thank you guys uh, for giving me a second of course to talk about well, it of course it.
0: um didn't you meet some pretty famous people there as well
1: yeah i did i met a uh like kill cliff is a <clears throat> is an energy drink that sponsors the navy seal foundation which the navy seal foundation if any seals uh killed in combat their uh um their families children tuitions taken care of. And the Navy SEAL Foundation uses military mobility as a way to thank Killcliffe employees. And so I met some really awesome people. I met like Ryan Bader, who's a Beltor heavyweight champ. Like those veterans, I mean, the veterans hang out with those guys who are MMA combat, you know, fighters and athletes and they just shoot the shit and wrestle and are like, Oh no, if you stab somebody, you want to go here. And they're like using all (laughs) these crazy tactics that like the MMA fighters don't know, but the, the Navy SEAL does or the green beret does or the Marine does. And it's just like that. They bring these really cool people out, um, to talk with the veterans. And, uh, yeah, it's an awesome time. Like Ryan Bader and, uh, Ruth is Robbie lawyer. They're like, the most yeah. chill dude ever like that <laughs> Robbie would just come up and start laughing next to me and just sit and be like dude what are you doing over here and let's go play fucking pool and I don't know so they have all these cool guys out there and everyone has That's a blast awesome. and we rode like 150 miles through the Grand Tetons on side-by-sides for like eight hours and just the vets love it the the UFC guys love it everyone loves it so yeah it's a cool organization yeah the boys you know the boys yeah, and the girls the boys ripping That's uh, unreal thanks for letting me talk about it guys Heck well, of yeah.
0: course before you wrap this up Cal because I know you're just itching um, I have one more question <laughs> that I should have asked way earlier. If there is a, the waterfowl industry, there's a lot of hiccups. There's a lot of bullshit in it. And we, we have like a general question we ask everyone, like, what's your craziest hunt? What, how do you think waterfowl culture has changed? Whatever. But I kind of want to transition that a little bit. Just be like, what do you think is current should be switched back to what was in waterfowl? If that makes sense. Okay. So like what, what do you think has changed and what do you think it should go back to in regards to that? You know, because I feel like you have a little bit of that old school. You're two years younger than us. Yeah. So I'm 28. You're probably 26. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're, you're technically in a younger generation than us because I feel like we're in a transitional generation. Yeah, absolutely. So like, I feel like I have a lot of old school, but I have a lot of new school as well. Um, but I feel like you have more new school than old school, but at the same time you still have plenty of old school in yeah. you. It's so like you all know what guy, it, I, I you old know old what guys, it was. Yeah. You knew what it was and like you've heard all the stories and shit. So like what do you think that we have today should go back to what it was back in the day?
1: All right. This is this is a great question, Joey. Uh I think I've, I definitely hear what you're saying. We're in that transitional because I, I hunt with guys like you too. I hunt with other guys that are your age and two years older. I hunt with guys that are five years older in their thirties. And like when we're sitting in the blind, we don't shut up between calling. We're talking. Yep. We're asking questions. We are bullshitting. We're telling stories. We're asking about, you know, you ask about that guy's wife, you ask about their kids. And like, I love that. And I hunt with anyone younger than me. And it's just like, everyone's on their fucking phones looking at who's mm-hmm. hunting, where what they're killing, comparing it to our hunt, yep. doing Snapchats. Yep. It's just like, dude, you're on your phone all the time. We have so much screen time. Like, Get the fuck off your phone and like tell me a story. I tell, I I like kind of bicker at the young kids and be like, tell me a fucking story. Yeah. I got a story. I can tell you a hundred of them, but I'll shut up halfway through and make you tell one because that's what I want to go back to. I want us to stop comparing our hunts while we're hunting. I want us to stop worrying about is what everybody really... else is doing this morning. Put your phones in your pocket and enjoy the morning. That's a really good thing too,
0: because, like I'm, like and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shit talking. Phone.
1: Yeah, I'm not shit talking to anyone who's like posting that they're hunting. Because I, I mean, anyone can do that. Like we're no, hunting but with the I, boys. That totally takes ten seconds. Takes ten seconds.
0: I totally understand what you're saying. Because Don't surf it. The amount of times I've been hunting with, because I've hunted with a shitload of people at this point in my life, like just Absolutely. random one offs and everything, and like. You'll be in North Dakota or whatever, and then people will be like, oh, "I wonder how everyone else is doing." They'll check their Snapchat, they'll check their Instagram, they'll check Facebook, whatever. And it's like, there you can just see their mood switch. Yeah, they're not focused on what's going on there; they're focused on what's going on everywhere else. Yep. And half the time, like I put on my Instagram story today, people are just recycling content anyway. Yeah. So it's not even represented. It's not even a representation of what's going on that day. You know. Yep. So it's like, okay, you should. Take in the moment and actually make it a memory versus being like, hmm, yeah. you know, we're not killing a whole lot today, so I'm going to go on my phone instead of getting to know everyone else in the blind and making friendships for life, honestly, yeah. because especially nowadays, like all of my, a lot of my really good friends now are just bird hunters. Yeah. Right. right. You know, whereas eight years ago, that was definitely not the case.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah I, but in the I, like, last I three,
1: had like two four buddies years, who are hunters. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like all my buddies are just hunters who I mm-hmm. can talk
2: to. Yeah, I would say that's a great answer because like you basically what you're saying is like be in the moment. You know, like stop worrying tell about the like,
1: stories. Tell the stories. That's how I grew up hunting was listening to stories. I, I had 100%. bad hunts and I Dude, listened
2: to stories. I want to listen to stories
1: if it's a bad hunt. I don't want to listen to what everybody else is doing. I want to listen to stories. Tell me about the last time you hunted here. Tell me about how we should have done it like how you did it with your dad six years ago, or tell me about like the girl that you met last night and she yeah. threw up on your feet. Tell me about that. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't, I don't want to hear what everybody else is doing. I think that's my one thing that I want to go back to answer the question. It's just like, take away the, the internet while you're hunting. Yeah. Almost just like put it on airplane mode. Like everyone well, answers say, their phone. Everyone answers yeah. their phone. Like, where are we? Are we
2: hunting or are we just on our phones while we're in the woods? Dude, half the time I feel like too, like if you're on a bad hunt, but you're in the moment, like you're hanging out with the guys, listening to stories, like that's like half the time you're, you might be missing a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could be hearing the craziest shit of your entire life yeah, from some guy you just met, but you're not cause you're on your phone.
1: And if you're younger and you're the guy who's out, who has a lot of stories, tell them and then tell your buddy next to you. All right, give me one.
2: Right. Like, and then you're sitting there and you're like, dude, this one time call I was out the with these guy. old guys and they, they, we weren't killing shit. This guy, though, starts telling me the story about how he pooped his pants. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I never thought guys could do that that many times, but this guy's pooped his pants a hundred times. And everybody's, <laughs> now everybody's crying, laughing 11. in the blind. And you're like, oh my God, dude. Like, that's hilarious. That's what it's for. Yeah. You're missing the point,
1: dude. If you're on, if you go on Twitter, when you're on a hunt with me,
0: I'm going to, th- fucking eat your
1: phone with my face
0: <laughs> no and, and here's the thing i have seen derek eat a phone but it yeah. was in yeah. international water so it can be prosecuted prosecute, yeah it's yeah. not all i've done
3: internationally.
0: <laughs> 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 derek, Unreal. thank you so much for coming on today it's a fucking blast seeing talking to you whatever every always, single time always shout out to drew you're the shit blow <laughs> up my dms it's been a couple months and uh i'll get those engineering plans to you about your cabin on the rainy <laughs> and uh yeah, Derek. Thank you so much for coming on. It's guys, always a pleasure, man.
2: You guys can find Derek at on Instagram at Derek underscore Helms. And uh, that would be a good place for you to go check out a great photographer, somebody who's young, who's got an innovative mind, who's willing to expand their boundaries beyond their phone. Sexually and <laughs> yeah. photographically. And I won't take the app seriously. Cause it's That's a true. fucking app, That's yeah.
0: true. I, I, I really do enjoy your Instagram stories because you're just your full goofy self. And I love it,
1: dude. Go. And I won't post for like a week and then I'll be like, Hey, Instagram, you ready to listen to me for the next thing? Like a hundred people look at it. And I'm like, well, I just <laughs> wanted to tell them about how I made coffee this morning <laughs> cause I haven't posted in
2: two weeks. So yeah, yeah I'm like I'm a like weird bad
1: at Instagram, but do like a weird goofy bad thing on life. Yeah. I'm better bad at life than good. I am on Instagram. So whatever.
2: All right. So, moral of the story: give us a fucking rating, dude. Yeah,
1: guys, I can't wait to learn on Google, on YouTube, YouTube, how to rate a uh, podcast on Spotify or Apple, <laughs> and then do it like I'm going to as soon as I'm done with this podcast,
0: and so, then go live your fucking life. So here's the deal: as I've said on other podcasts, once we hit 500 ratings,
2: we'll give away. A shape, so
0: we're going to give away a Mulkier Goose Call and some other stuff. That's pretty dope. All I have to do is talk to our sponsor and be like, "Hey." We hit a milestone here. Yeah. We got to pull out for the boys. We got to put out for the boys here. Out they, need, the boys. they need they <laughs> need tits out for the boys. They the need scene. they need a goose call. They need a sweatshirt, hat, t-shirt in their size. Mm. You know, they need mm. a cooler. They need a gun, Wegmans binoculars. They they
2: now. need a house. They need it all. They need a house. Yeah. We need to donate a house. They need, they need a Martin
0: some- shed for this man. <laughs> yep. They need Quaker's oatmeal packs. Unreal. They need it all, man. <laughs> They're going to get it. They need spring peepers. They need some camo retro shit. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you.